Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. The library. So big it doesn't need a name. Just a great big book. And up here, every book ever written, whole continents of Jeffrey Archer, Bridget Jones, Monty Python's Big Red Book, brand new editions, special printed. We're near the equator, so this must be biographies! I love biographies. Yeah, very you. Always a death at the end. We need a good death. Without death, there'd only be comedies. Dying gives us signs. We Spoilers. What? These books are from your future. You don't want to read ahead, spoil all the surprises. Not peeking at the end. Isn't travelling with you one big spoiler? I try to keep you away from major plot developments. Which, to be honest, I seem to be very bad at, because... You know what? This is the biggest library in the universe. So where is everyone? It's silent. The library? Planet. Welcome to the Colton Collective Podcast. Now, the home planet. here are your hosts, Dave A.C. Maybe it's Sunday. And the no. Doctor. I never know it's Sunday. Sundays are boring. And thank you, Dave, for that one. The <laughs> <laughs> weird, cheeky, unique. <laughs> Nothing ever happens on Sunday, except us. And speaking of us, the thing that takes it away from being a me is Mr. Dave AC. Hey, that almost rhymed. Spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> yeah, no, pick that one. I hope Jeff appreciated that one, but I picked it because, of course, we are talking about documentaries, our biographies. We're talking about the biography of uh, the various doctors, and that is our topic later on. But welcome in. Uh, good to be here, and uh, we've got a few people on audio, so it's yeah. not going to be silent. No. We'll just leave it. We'll just put our small library under the cone later. <clears throat> All right. Let's see who else is on audio. Joining us, it's Logan. Hello, sir. Hello there. And I'll say this, that the 10th Doctor has never listened to the media outsiders, because if he did, he would never say that Sundays are boring. <laughs> <laughs> no, he listens to the Cotton Collective exclusively. <laughs> Well, okay, well, I can, under- I can understand the boredom part then, so. Yes, there you go. Ooh. <laughs> well, you know why? You know why it's boring? Because we keep borrowing all of our topics from the media outsiders. <laughs> well, I mean, they, they're excited there. I mean, oh, 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 sorry, when, sorry, when you got I misphrased me the... that. Stealing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, but when people tune in at uh, 10 p.m. every Sunday night at Talk Show ID 81865, there's excitement and everything. When you guys steal the topic, they get kind of boring the second time through. I mean, come on now. Uh, let me remind you later on during the show to, to give a plug to your podcast, too. Okay. <laughs> well, I thought I was going to segue it in real nice there, so. Segue into what? <laughs> Don't. Move along. A good, a good Move plug along. is worth repeating. <laughs> Alrighty then. <laughs> Moving right along. 
Joining us, it's Mr. Third Wheel, the one who keeps us balanced. It's Mr. Randall Four. Hello, sir. So, we meet again. So, well, I didn't hear that play. Maybe that played. I don't know. My audio yes, settings. Yes, All my audio settings are all weird today because I'm. Anyway, it hello everyone. Randall Thor here. Excellent. <laughs> that is the clip I meant to play. Yes. So we meet again. I don't know the revisited special. You can tell he doesn't use libraries very much. He, he doesn't know his way around at all. What did his buttons <laughs> do? <laughs> yeah, a big sign lit up said, do not press this button again. <laughs> anyway. Yes. And somebody that we should probably get in on a commentary or two at some point in the near future is Jeff, the Seventh Doctor. Hello, Jeff. Hello. Uh, you know, you can keep the Vashta Narada, but I'll take the library. I want the library. <laughs> Glad to be here. Who turns off the lights? Talking like a true library. <laughs> They're uncontrollable, I tell you. Not the Western Arad, at least, guys. <laughs> All right. Um, also joining us on the telephones. Welcome to Cobo. Hey, hey, Dave. Looking forward to this topic. Because as you know, the Tin Doctor is my doctor. He's my bread and butter. Well, I'll like later, but... um, Just remember, our doctors go all the way up to 11. (laughs) Sorry. Or is it 12? Do that one for next time, yeah? No spoilers. <laughs> no spoilers. <laughs> and, I'm just saying. <laughs> and lastly, but no less cuddly, it's Mr. Cuddly Ken. Hello, um, Z, everybody. How are you doing? I am doing glad. good. That's good. Glad to, hear. glad to have you on. Oh, board. should I use that one? Yeah. We weren't sure you were going to make it, Ken. We, we heard news that you were going to be in Barcelona today. Barcelona? Mm-hmm. He didn't get his new teeth on time. No. <laughs> I'm still not ginger. I'm, <laughs> I, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so sorry for waking up today. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> uh, All right. Um, time, time to, uh, to, to lower the uh, cone of silence at the library. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Controls, new agent training program, section 3.5, the cone of silence. Go! 
end. Oh, by the way, by the way, we think we think the library will soon get a new copy of all the complete works of Shakespeare due to our monkey almost completing the task. <laughs> there you go. I wonder where you were going with that gag. Now I know. <laughs> all right, I've been told to let Jeff go first with news. Jeff, why don't you go first with news? Hey, why don't I go first with news? Hey, that's a good idea. Why don't I okay, think well, maybe I'll do that. Um, there's been announced a mini-sode for the 50th anniversary special. It's coming up, and it's titled... Should I say the title? I yeah, tell I people to just not... Yeah, yeah, don't listen. Tell people not to listen for 10 seconds and then say... Okay, well, well, don't don't listen for the next 10 seconds. The title of the mini-sode is The Night of the Doctor. Play, playing off the title of the uh, 50th anniversary. So uh, that's coming up. And um, let's see. It's supposed to be six minutes and 54 seconds in length. It will star, well, don't listen for the next 10 seconds. <laughs> it will star uh, David Tennant and Matt Smith. Uh, no more information is included for the sketch. And it doesn't even say when it's going to air. But um, it's coming up, so uh, pay attention. The other bit of news that I have is that uh, BBC America has an online uh, voting site that you can go to. And let me put the link in the, the chat for that. And it's for the 11th Doctor. They want to know your favorite 11th Doctor episode. And what they're going to do is uh, at the end of the voting period, uh, they are going to air the top 11 voted episodes on Sunday, November the 24th, the day after the anniversary special. And here comes the link into the, oops, that's the wrong link. <laughs> Let me try to get the right link here. Um, okay, here it comes. Here comes the right link. So, Go there, vote for your favorite 11th Doctor episode, and they'll air the top 11 voted. Now, a couple things about this voting uh, is they, or are, I should say, they, they do not include the first two episodes of Season 6, The um, Day of the Moon and The Impossible Astronaut, because those two episodes are already going to air that same day with uh, The 11th Doctor Revisited. And the other thing that's kind of interesting about this voting is they've um, they've got separate entries for the two-part stories. So it, it could be possible that they'll air part one or part two of a story, but not the other part. So that's kind of interesting. But, uh, yeah, if you want to uh, get your vote in for your top Doctor Who, 11th Doctor episode, go to that link that I just put in the chat, and you can maybe get your favorite episode aired on the 24th of November. Does it include the specials as well in that, you know, Planet of the Dead and all those? Well, this is only 11th Doctor, not oh, the 10th no. Doctor. But but it does First include mistake. the Christmas stories, ah, all right. three of them. It does not include um, the 50th. And it does not include, uh, there was a joke on Facebook, on the Facebook page this morning about um, voting for the Christmas story this year and forcing BBC America to air it early. <laughs> so it does not include that story. 
But that's yes, all sir. I have for news. Ian? Hello? Mike, 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 Mike has news. Okay, Mike. All right. I have some news items. One of them ties into the mini-sode there that Jeff mentioned. So if you don't want to hear the title of this, uh, skip ahead 10 seconds. But uh, the title – well, first of all, first of all, this is a, a another thing that they're doing. This is a BBC British – Film classification has released the, t- the info on the, the, the special, the mini sub that Jeff mentioned. But they earlier this month they also mentioned another additional some additional material. It's uh, it's an, another episode. I, n- not much is known about it. it. There's a listing on the British Film Classification site, but that doesn't have. It, says, it just says that it has a running length of three minutes fifty seven seconds, and nothing else is known. But uh, skip it 10 seconds if you don't want to know the title of this one. And the password is The Last Day. And so there you go. That's another additional material that we have for the 50th anniversary episode. Um, don't know what this one is. There's no information as, as to directors, as to cast, or anything. Just the running length and a possible title. So that's interesting. Uh, the tile of this together as we're heading into, as we're here in November, we're just weeks away from the 50th anniversary episode. And beyond that, uh, earlier this week, back on the 28th on Monday, somebody posted, uh, speaking of the British, the BBFC, the British Board of Film Classification, they released details on the screenings of the 50th anniversary special on television and in cinemas. And the reason this is noteworthy is it's on their site with the listings. The televised episode has a run length of 76 minutes, 44 seconds. The 2D and 3D cinema versions have a run length of 85 minutes, 24 seconds. So what is that extra nearly nine, approximately nine minutes of material? No idea. Maybe it's these minisodes. I don't know. That might add up to this uh, extra time, actually, now that I think about it. It might actually uh, add up and be what's being shown in the cinema and not on television. But uh, there you go. Speculation runs rampant here for the 50th anniversary, as we still don't have a trailer. And that's what I have for news. Well, Mike? Um, I've got a little bit of news here. Excuse me, Mike. I, I have something go ahead, to add to that. Um, I've heard around the rumor mill and people discussing this, seemingly in the know, that it has some behind-the-scenes footage of Hmm. the special alongside a specially made introduction Ah. done by Matt Smith and uh, David Tennant for it. Um, Because otherwise, there's this kind of obvious irate fan reaction, what they're putting a different version in the theaters than we're going to get in home release, and what, why are you doing that? Why wouldn't you, and you know, are you going to do a different Blu-ray release from the regular DVD release, from the uh, cinema release, from the television release? So that that's really, you know, playing uh, playing with us uh, about this. Hopefully, that's it. That it's right. behind-the-scenes footage. Um, if if they're adding extra footage to this, that's not going to be included. Going to have a lot of irate fans. Right. The website also mentions that there's a a trailer. Uh, uh, nothing is said about the trailer other than it has a run length of a minute, 10 seconds. What is the trailer for? We don't know. 
my my uh, guess my guess was linking to the um, Christmas special. Would make sense. You know, I mean, I I like I like your post. You're going to have a trailer for something you've already seen. You know, finally we'll get, finally we'll get the trailer after it's shown. Exactly. <laughs> Here's what it's that secret of. Yeah. <laughs> now the trailer. We'll we'll have the special. So now the ultimate treat: the trailer. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Mike. Um, I just I uh, we just got our uh, a new Roku. Uh, our our one started uh, messing up, so we got a new Roku, and uh, it came with. Uh, uh, some free movies on Voodoo, uh, V-U-D-U, uh, it's tied in with Walmart and everything, and uh, it looks to be a pretty good site. Um, but we got some, you know, two free movies or something on there, so I thought I'd have a browse around and have a look. And uh, one of the things that I came across was um, Doctor Who, uh, the 50th anniversary collection, which, at the moment, it's got three things in there. It's got uh, uh, Revisited, uh, Paul McGann revisited Christopher Eccleston and revisited David Tennant. My three things listed in there. It's got uh, to own. It's, uh, it says it's twenty nine ninety nine. Um, they have a own season pass. But the thing that is interesting about this is that the icon that they are using for this collection is the poster for the fiftieth anniversary special. That makes me wonder whether Voodoo's got some kind of uh, agreement to, to, to get this pretty quick. Um, and, but they're only focusing on the, the new series because they've got, well, they've got McGann, they've got Eccleston and, and, uh, and David Tennant. And I'm, so, I'm assuming that uh, once the, uh, the 11th Up Specialist is screened, that it's going to be on there as well. So it is quite curious because, um, yeah, like I said, there's, uh, each one of the revisited it's a buck ninety nine, but it's not uh, equal to uh, to thirty dollars. So it's gonna be interesting to see what happens with this. Um, I've put it on my put it on my wish list so that uh, I can keep it keep it keep track of it. But um, all I've got for a synopsis is uh, join the celebration of the fiftieth anniversary of Doctor Who with this definitive collection. Those three episodes are totally definitive. <laughs> um, but yeah, they don't have any more information apart from that. So I just thought it was kind of interesting. I was scrolling through and I'm like, what, they're, they're going to have Day of the Doctor on there? Nope, nope. Now, actually, on that note, Ian, I've seen a very similar thing on iTunes, uh, a very similar collection. I think it has the same uh, revisited specials and it adds in some confidential episodes. But no listing for the 50th. It's implied that it will include the 50th, but it doesn't have it listed as part of the collection yet. I wonder if Voodoo's t- in some way tied in with uh, iTunes because it's a similar kind of pricing um, makeup, a buck ninety-nine. Right. I, do I don't know. Kind of link between the two. Hmm. Yeah, but that's uh, that's what I just came across this weekend. Uh, yeah, so curiouser and curiouser, said Alex. Oh, and uh, welcome under the Going Rickwall. Rickwall's here. Hopefully we'll uh, hear from him on audio a little later. And, and also Willis Girl. Hopefully Willis Girl, too. Alrighty. Uh, that, I think, wraps it up for news. Dave, do you have anything? No. Yeah, just a couple of things. Um, first of all, one thing fairly local to me here in the UK, uh, and this is a, there's a Facebook link to a group. Um, it's called Who at 50, 
and uh, there's a list of events um, that um, there's a, an image that I'll put up. Uh, a lot of events going on in Manchester, mostly uh, at small venues like um, who at the Fab Cafe. So the tickets are going to be limited. I've got a feeling that most of them are gone. And these run these are events run from the 16th of November to the 30th. I might try and get to one of the open events. Unfortunately, one of the ones that I really wanted to go to, I'm actually going to a wedding uh, of my daughter's one of my daughter's friends where my daughter's the bridesmaid on one of the Saturday events. So um, that's the one I would really like to get to that's easy to drop in. But um, there are a couple of venues, but there's um, if you click on that image, you can see that they've got quite an extensive range of things. And one other thing to just mention, um, uh, as you know, that uh, the, the uh, next con coming up is the Long Island con. Um, there's been a, an update there that unfor due to unforeseen circumstances is that Warris is saying will be unable to join them there. Um, but um, uh, they've added a, a, a new screening program. I think they're going to do a new um, commentary live. And, of course, we're hoping to um, not only uh, know a little bit more about that on the event, because friends of uh, the Cult Collective, indeed members of the Cult Collective, Perry and Anthony and Jessica, uh, are going to this event, uh, and we may even get a live call in from uh, Long Island who uh, next week sometime during the call. And of course, if if, if they come on, we will um, we will interrupt the proceedings on talking about Arrow to take their call on that. Don't know whether Ian wants to say anything more about that event, but other than that, that's my news, Ian. And I was hoping to go, but I didn't realize that it was just online ticketing, and I was hoping to get tickets at the door, and I got shut out. Hmm. Ah. Well, yeah, I was I was hoping to go because uh, um, yeah, there's people up there I'd like to to meet, you know, Ken and all of that, but. Uh, um, a with my uh, show coming up, um, I got auditions <laughs> that day. But also um, the local uh, airport down here, the one I work right next door to, is going to be flying to Long Island starting in December. So maybe next year, maybe next year I can get up there and see Lewis and Ken and and, and all those folks, and uh, and maybe even Perry. Wait, am I car Um. I'm not sure where it flies into. It's just one of the regional airports, um, but it's outside Long Island on there. So um, I figure that's closer than anything. Yeah, if, it, if it's Long Island, it's probably Macarthur. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, it 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 would be very very. Which is about an hour away airport. from me. Okay. Um, but uh, also. Um, the, for anybody going there who's listening, uh, you'll recognize uh, Perry and Anthony and Jessica by the fact that they'll be wearing uh, the Colton Collective t-shirts. Hey. Um, and and uh, we're not entirely sure how they're going to do it, but they will have some to give away at the convention. So uh, more details on that as we figure it out. Um, but if you uh, would like a Colton Collective t-shirt and uh, aren't going to the convention, um, please let us know your interest. It's something that Dave and I, you know, we've got a really nice logo now. Um, 
Why not, and, uh, Larch? We've got, we've got, we've got I want one. And uh, what we want to know is whether, you know, if, if we opened up a, an online store, um, you know, what would the interest be in buying, you know, a, a Colton T-shirt? So, uh, um, And yeah. I collect mugs, and I would love a Colton collected mug. Yeah, I want to get one of them, too. <laughs> Uh, I mean, my my only Colton Collective mug is Dave. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and you got to yeah, have wine good. glasses. Oh, yes. yes we got, uh, oh, that's what we're going to find out, Dave. We're reading we Colton wine glasses. I was going to say, that mug has cracks in it. <laughs> it's a very old mug. But um bums. <laughs> I picked it up in an antique store. Oh, I'm going to post oh. this later, I tell you. But anyway, um, I'll, uh, we'll be posting something on the Facebook page. Um, uh, Dave and I haven't even really kind of looked into where. I mean, we've got somewhere that we've been printing from at the moment, uh, but it's not a, it's an online sales site uh, per se. It's just a place you can get stuff printed. So we'd have to find somewhere uh, like a um, um, place that Pudshot used or uses. Um, Anyway, we'd have to find an online, you know, uh, sales uh, place to so you guys could go there and do that. So uh, yeah, let us know what your interest is, and I'll put something on there uh, uh, later on in the week uh, where we can take votes and uh, and people can put in suggestions as to what kind of merchandise they'd want, colors, uh, because having a look around at some of these sites, they offer, you know, some of them offer you know black, white, and gray. Some of them offer all the colors of the rainbow. Um, some it's just t-shirts, some it's t-shirts, keychains, and mugs. So, um, I'll put something on the site and, um, we'll, we'll figure it out together. Um, I mean, Dave and I are by no means looking to make any money off of this. That's not why we do the show. Um, but I mean, and because there are very few costs involved with, with doing this, but we'd like to be, have people have the option to, to get the stuff if they want it, and so we're going to try and find the but best place. But at the same time, you guys put in a lot of hard work, and, we, and we'd like to pay you back for that. I just don't want people thinking, oh, look, now they're now they're trying to make money off it. That's not the, the idea. The idea is just to have the, the merchandise and to kind of give ourselves some exposure. But, you know... Um, but the money always helps, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, basically, all that we really have to pay for at the moment is for the Colton website. Um, and we're very, very lucky to have TalkShoe here, uh, which is absolutely free. Um, and, you know, thanks to TalkShoe for providing that kind of service. Uh, you know, in the day and age, we're going to pay for just about everything online these days. It's, you know, it's great to... Yes, yes, I'm... I'm, <laughs> I'm sucking up to the owners. But seriously, I mean, without them, you know, yeah, I mean, we we do go on sometimes about you know, Where's the my difficult difficulties, but you know we're doing this and we're doing and we get to do it for free and uh, so thank you to talk show. But I'll stop blabbing now and we'll get uh, we'll get on to um, explaining to people how they can become involved with this very wonderful talk, uh, talk show <laughs> supply podcast. <clears throat> All right, I'll get my tongue out of there. <laughs> <laughs> And while I go, where the hell did I put that clip? <laughs> oh, there it is. Uh, my mouse is already on it. Here it is. Ah!
If you enjoy listening, why not join the collective and participate yourself? We're on TalkShoe. Call ID 54821. Call in on 724-444-7444. This is a US number, area code 724, so do check your calling plan before dialing in. If you have a sick client, you can call in for free on 66.212.134.192. Or you can connect in directly via the Shoe phone client if you have TalkShoe Live installed. Looking forward to hearing you. Hi, I'm Rachel Bloom, and you're listening to the Cult Dumb Collective Podcast. There you go. I like this Toby Haydock one better. What, like this one? Hello, my name's Toby Haydock, and you're listening to the Cult Dumb Collective Podcast. I do too. Yeah, I like that one. Especially since I was the one recording it. <laughs> He's a very, very nice man. Love the bits. All right. It's on to... Uh, our, our topic for this week, which is the Tenth Doctor Revisited. And let's revisit Mr. Dave AC. Hello, Dave. Uh-oh. Where do you go? Hello. Dave? Dave, are you there? Hello? Hello? Dave? Are somebody you there, told Dave? me I could, yeah, somebody told me I couldn't speak in the library. But no, we're not talking about the library. Um hi, Ian. Yep. <laughs> oh dear, see I told you I'd pay for it later. <laughs> yeah. So it would um, be later. No. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. The, the the topic, as you said, episode two two eight. Uh, the Doctor Who. The Doctor mm-hmm. Who's visited the tenth Doctor. Uh, but I, I I thought it was slightly appropriate that beginning bit. We'll be going to Logan in a moment, and I will be just giving you some basic facts. So let me give those basic facts, and then I'm actually going to play a little regeneration clip uh, just prior to. Uh, to, to the story, but just to say, obviously, David Tennant was the actor who played the 10th Doctor, played him from the 18th of June 2005 to the beginning of January 2010. Um, 36 stories, 47 episodes, uh, and of course, companions like Rose, Mickey, Donna, Martha, Jack, Astrid, uh, Sarah Jane, uh, um, uh, Jason, uh, Jackson Lake, uh, uh, Christina. That one, uh, <laughs> and one or two others. But let's hear how we actually first got introduced to the Tenth Doctor. Tell me what's going on. I absorbed all the energy the Time Vortex, and no one's meant to do that. <laughs> Every cell in my body's dying. Why can't you do something? Yeah, I'm doing it now. Time Lords have this little trick. It's, uh, all the way of cheating death. Except it means I'm going to change. And I'm not going to see you again. Not like this. Not with this daft old face. And before I go... Don't say that. Rose. Before I go, I just want to tell you you were fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And you know what? So was I.
Hello. Okay. Mm. New teeth. That's weird. So where was I? Oh, that's right. Barcelona. And of course, we're 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 talking, and we're uh, following the uh, BBC America airing of these revisited. Uh, I've got a number of little clips from that, and um, uh, we're going to go to Logan after I play the first just over a minute clip, Logan, from uh, the Tenth Doctor revisited. Here we go. The Tenth Doctor was your new best friend, a dashing young man in a pinstripe suit. He was the thousand-year-old alien you could bring home to meet your mum. But never get on his wrong side. There were no second chances with this doctor. The tenth doctor was kind of a shock to us all because, you know, we thought we'd got a few more years with the ninth doctor. But when David Tennant turned up, we were intrigued. Here we are then. London. Oh. Solar system, isn't it? Jackie. Richie, blimey. No, 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 no. Hold on. We're there. What's going to say? Something I have to tell you. Something important. What was it? No, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Oh! I know! Merry Christmas! David Dodd was a genuinely cool doctor. You didn't want him to be uncool. And clearly somebody who, on the fly, without ever admitting it, cared quite a lot about his appearance. So uh, the sort of geek-cheek look of, of that doctor fitted in perfectly. You know, the skinny suits, which David himself wore, and the big, long hero coat for hero moments and to flap in the wind. Yep. Uh, of course, Christmas Invasion, when he, he, he first got going. I'm just going to read out the episodes for Series 2, and I'll read the other series out later, and, that, and, and we're going to Logan. So, uh, of course, that was New Earth, Tooth and Claw, School Reunion, The Girl in the Fireplace, Rise of the Cybermen, Age of Steel, Idiot's Lantern, the Impossible Planet, Satan Pit, Love and Monsters, Fear Her, Army of Ghosts, Doomsday. Of course, those people that have actually seen the uh, Revisited, we'd like them to talk a little bit about what they thought of the documentary, if it, if it did uh, the tenth not to justice, but then talk whatever your thoughts and uh, feelings are about uh, the tenth Doctor as portrayed by David Tennant. And sorry about that, Logan. Hopefully you've got some time left with us. I've got about five minutes, so... Uh... Yeah, uh, the Tenth Doctor, first of all, I will start off by saying he is my favorite Doctor, as evident by the the long brown coat that I have hanging off my door that I bought from, uh, oh, what was it, Abbey Shot, the official Doctor, Tenth Doctor coat. So, yeah, he he's uh, my favorite Doctor. And as I've said before all the time with Doctor Who, Though I had seen the TV movie, really the ninth Doctor was the first Doctor that I really paid attention to. And watching him regenerate into the tenth Doctor, first of all, with a new regeneration style that they've stuck with, and I hope they stick with that particular style for for a while yet to come, it, it was new for me. It was It was really exciting to see an ongoing new Doctor. And like a lot of people, I didn't know at first how how I would take the David Tennant, but after his first actual full show, uh, I believe it was, uh, and I forgot the name of it, but where him and Rose go off to New New New, New York. New Earth. New Earth. Uh, that, I, I was cemented in as a fan of the Tenth Doctor. And uh, I still, I've gone back and I've watched some of the older Doctors, and I know there's a lot of fans out there of 
of Tom Baker, and I've seen a few of his, but still for me, the Tenth Doctor is is my favorite Doctor. And this has become an, actually an ongoing argument with my my niece slash goddaughter, who's firmly in love with with the Eleventh Doctor. Uh, it, it's just something that uh, I, I'm glad David Tennant had a chance to become doc, the Doctor, and I'm looking forward to seeing him coming back. You got any favorite episodes? Favorite episodes. I knew you were going to ask that, and of course, I one of them, the same one that everyone most likely will say is Blink. Uh, even though the Doctor wasn't in it particularly as much as a normal episode, being kind of like a bottle episode for him, uh, that just the way that episode was done, that was fantastic for me. Uh, and it, it's hard for me to come up with a favorite episode. I will say probably one of the most heartbreaking moments for me, what, and with a lot of people, and I know that Ian has made the same comment as well, was his final goodbye. Just a, with the fact of when he was regenerating, standing in the TARDIS saying, I don't want to go. And I've, I'm not ashamed to say I was actually crying at that scene myself, and I didn't want him to go either. And I, I still feel that way today. So, but favorite episode, probably Blink. Uh, there's a few more out there that just haven't jumped to mind. Uh, the one, the two-part episode with uh, Devros, where they brought back all the different uh, companions, I thought that was a great episode as well. But pretty much most of the episodes that David Tennant was in were were great in my in my opinion. And favorite companion of his, this Doctor, uh, Rose. Rose was my favorite companion. Uh, after that, I would have to say, and I've, I've given some opinions to that of this next one, but that I really didn't like this next companion I was going to mention. But as I have gone back and rewatched over a number of times some of the episodes, uh, Donna Noble is coming in as a second for me. I know a lot of people like her a whole lot, and I really didn't like her too much when she first started. But as I have rewatched two or three times various episodes. She's starting to grow on me. So, also, uh, uh, her father as a companion. I thought that was neat for for some of the episodes as well at the end there. And especially how he was just a, really a throwaway character in the, uh, the Titanic episode. My mind's just going blank with all the episode names right now. Yeah. Where he was, right. he was just, he was a, a character there and they brought him back and incorporated him in with Donna later on to become her grandfather. And I thought that was neat. I don't know if they really had that planned at the time during the Christmas special with the Titanic of doing that. But I really like how they did, how they did incorporate and bring that in. Yeah. I mean, they they didn't. um, As originally what was supposed to happen was uh, Donna's father was supposed to appear um, in what in the episodes you saw, uh, but unfortunately the actor uh, who played him uh, passed away, um, and so uh, they brought in um, the grandfather, and so they then they incorporated that into uh, the Christmas special, because he was never given really a name or anything there, and so that they you know they wove that into the story and it worked quite nicely. Yeah, Wilfred. Wilfred. Yep. Wolf, yep. I mean, he's become such a fan favorite character as well. Uh, 
but it was nice that I mean here was a character from the Titanic episode that was really just just a standalone character out there on Earth in the newsstand, and then bringing him and making him as Donna's grandfather, and that was that was a nice little little deal there, and then to have him incorporated into the the Doctor's final episode as well. But and I've seen seen Griffin's in a lot of stuff, and he's one heck of an actor outside of. Doctor Who. I mean, yes, he is. I I I haven't seen him in anything else that I can really recall. To be honest, I mean, if I had seen him, I probably didn't realize at the time who he was. But uh, I just I like him from what he's done in Doctor Who with that. And uh, you know, I I I would be happy if they snuck him in as a cameo for this 50th anniversary. Even though I know the focus is on on Rose as a companion, but I'd be happy if they just threw in a little uh, a cameo with him, or even with the next Doctor coming up, with the 12th Doctor. If he, I know Stephen Moffat doesn't like to go back and revisit some of the older characters, but I think the fans would like it if we went back and resaw how how Wilford is doing. Right, yeah. I mean, obviously, it, it, we don't mind people speculating and hoping things, but if anybody has any definite information, we don't really want to put spoilers out. Oh, and I don't have any definite information. That's just, that would be a hope of my, in my part. So, Stephen Moffin, I know you're listening to the, the Coltham Collective each week. Uh, there's an idea for you, Stephen, and make sure I get the writing credits for it. <laughs> there you go. With, of course, yeah, producer credits going to the Coltham Collective. <clears throat> but that, that's all I have, and uh, uh, I'll just say long live 10. Okay. Um, right. Well, um, well, just actually, if you've got one minute before you go, did you actually rate the actual um, the actual revisited episode? Uh, I mean, you, you know, uh, I'm I'm going to say this, and I didn't even think about it when this topic came up, and it really didn't bother me because I I forgot all about that that airing, so I didn't record it, and I'm trying to find it right now. If you guys can give me a hint of where it might be online that I can watch it, it doesn't matter with the episode-wise because, I mean, like nothing would really be a spoiler for me since I've watched every single episode. The episodes were Stolen Earth and Journey's End. But, yeah, the, De- the Re- Devereaux's episode, but is there a place online that I can actually watch the, the documentary part? Um, if you have a, a box um, laying around your house that people might drop things into, um, let me know. <laughs> uh, I I do actually, and uh, if you know my uh, my email address there, Ian. Uh, I'm sure I could, sure I could find the, that around here somewhere. The Caruso zero nine at Gmail address. Yeah, I mean I I do have one of those little blue boxes. That's bigger on the inside than it is on the outside. So, oh, okay. Well, that's that song then. <laughs> okay. Logan. Okay. Thanks. Thanks for joining us I, on the audio today. I need to drop off. Yeah. So have a good show. Okay. Okay. Hey, thank you, sir. Uh, and if you have that same little box, okay. Would yeah. you mind dropping in? In your box. The fourth, fifth, and or no, just the fourth. 
fifth. The fourth and fifth special, please. I don't know if I've got those. I'll have a look around and see what I've got. And see if I can fit them in a box somewhere. Back on Correct. Dalek, folks. Dave. Yep, um, I'm hoping to, uh, if we can go to Jeff next, but I'll play another clip uh, from the uh, actual uh, Doctor Who Revisited, and here we go. It's only a short one minute, Jeff, just so you know you haven't got long to wait. Rose Tyler had run away with the ninth Doctor, but suddenly he was someone completely different. New hair, new teeth, new Doctor. This stranger was going to take some getting used to, and their feelings for each other were going to get a whole lot more complicated. The Doctor regenerates, and suddenly Rose uh, is confronted with this completely new man. That's amazing. I will never get used to this. Never. Different ground beneath my feet. Different sky. What's that sound? Apple grass. Apple grass. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Oh, I love this. Can I just say, traveling with you, I love it. Me too. <laughs> Come on. Okay, uh, Jeff, are you okay to go now? And if you want to talk about the revisited episode first. Yeah, um, the revisited episode, I was just a bit disappointed with. Um, you know, they they. They talked about the companions that the Doctor had, Rose and Donna and, and Martha and Wilf. They, they talked about the, the different enemies that the Doctor faced in his 10th incarnation, uh, Cybermen they, they concentrated on quite a bit. But they didn't really talk much about uh, storyline or plot developments. Um, we just heard in that clip, uh, where, you know, the Doctor and and Rose started to have some sort of relationship and it got complicated, but that's all they said. They didn't talk about how Rose was lost to the Doctor. And going into the two-part story that they showed afterward, The Stolen Earth and Journey's End, um, if you're not familiar with the Tenth Doctor storyline, you're completely lost. You don't know why Rose is trying so desperately to get back to the doctor or where she was. Um, you don't know um, about Martha leaving. I mean, they, they did talk about that a little bit, but you, you don't understand you know, the context of why she left very much. Um, they just left a lot of loose ends uh, that they should have described or talked about in this this documentary uh, that would have explained the two-part story that they showed much better. Uh, if you're walking into those stories cold, you have so many companions coming back together, uh, some of them for the first time, uh, that you just don't know what's going on. So I was a bit disappointed. They, sh they should explain things a little bit better in this documentary to, to set up this two-part story. I agree with you, Kevin. They didn't even go into... Well, they did go into Harriet Jones a little bit, but they didn't establish her character enough. Well, we we really didn't see Harriet Jones between the clip that they showed in the documentary 
and the the two part episode. So I, I thought that was set up pretty good that the doctor deposed her government and and now she's coming back to help the doctor in this two part story. And I feel like Donna got short shrift in the documentary. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. They didn't really say much about Donna. Of course, it was difficult, wasn't it, in, in one sense. I mean, like the last one they covered was the ninth Doctor who had one season. And then we're here we have, uh, you know, a Doctor who has 36 stories, 47 episodes, as mentioned earlier. Um, right. And the, uh, the, 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 Go on. Go, go ahead, Dave. I was just saying, they only run about 23 minutes, these documentaries, and... Um, uh, they, they, they barely touched upon one companion, and they're going to another. But um, yeah, and yeah. they hardly mentioned the master. That was a big thing with the with the show in the third series. Is the master's coming back? Uh, and this whole build up of of Saxon and who Saxon is, and um, going to Utopia and finding uh, Professor Yana, and um. The face of Bo saying, you know, with Yana, you're not alone on all that. That was completely missed in this documentary. And they, they didn't talk about the the dark side of the Tenth Doctor toward the end of his run, where uh, he's starting to manipulate time in ways that he shouldn't be doing. And that, that whole thread about, um, you know, his end is coming, his song is going to end, they didn't touch on any of that. They they didn't touch on the Ood very much at right. all. It, it, there was a lot left out in this special. So right. yeah, I was I was pretty d- disappointed with the special itself. They, they they could have been a little bit more comprehensive on the Tenth Doctor. And uh, let's go, let, well, you mentioned a couple of. Uh, uh, companions there. Do you want to mention any particular companions and, and particular episodes? Well, uh, you asked Logan who his favorite companion was, and um, mine is surprising because when we first meet her, I didn't like her at all, and that was Donna. Uh, I, I didn't care for her at all in the, uh, the Runaway Bride Christmas story that we had. Uh, she she grew on me a little bit towards the end of that story, but I still didn't care for her very much. And I was kind of cringing the fact that they were going to bring the character back for the fourth series. But once uh, once we got into that series, I was hooked by the end of the first story. Um, uh, I can't think of the name of the, of the episode right now. Um, Partners in Crime. Uh, I was hooked uh, on her being the companion. Um, she, her, her, her whole attitude, I think, was a little bit different um, in that story. It was a little softer and more comedic than in Runaway Bride, and I think the chemistry worked better with David Tennant in that story. And, and I was hooked by that point. And uh, then we got the great story in of uh, uh, Pompeii, Fires of Pompeii, the next story. And I thought she worked magnificently with David Tennant in that story. Uh, so uh, by that second story, all doubts were gone with, with Donna Noble. And having an, the other character come in at that point, Wilford Mott, was terrific. Uh, and 
having him continue from uh, Voyage of the Damned, we finally figure out, oh, uh, that's that's him. And uh, we have that confirmed a few stories later where, um, you know, they, they make the connection. I, I, I think it was in Partners in Crime that they, they confirmed that, that he was the guy in, in the newsstand from the prior story. So uh, I, I thought that was brilliant casting and a brilliant story plot to, to bring him in as, as uh, Donna's grandfather. And such a charming character. Uh, I, I'm really glad that they brought him back again for the end of time. He was, in my opinion, the best part of the end of time is having Wilfred as the companion in that story. Uh, great counterbalance to, to the Tenth Doctor. Um, it was it was good that he was in there. I mean, he was in the revisited quite a, quite a bit, so that was good. Yes, yes, and I was very happy to see him. I, I was uh, also a little surprised by the lack of Stephen Moffat in the the revisited special. Um, he was in it uh, for a few short clips toward the beginning, and then he kind of disappeared until the very end when he introduced the two part story. So, um, was he kind of having a dig at Russell T during the intro of? Oh, I I missed that, Kobo. Um, he was kind of saying this was the best of. This is the guy that died in powers, implying that the rest of his stuff was kind of... Oh, no, I didn't. Well, I've, I've actually got that clip to play where he introduces the two-parter uh, at the end, but uh, let people perhaps listen and make their own mind upon that. Yeah, I I, um, I didn't get that out of that. I, I just got... Uh, because uh, the two-part story that they showed, The Stolen Earth, and Journey's End was kind of the culmination of four seasons of Doctor Who. And so, yeah, I, I, I agree with Stephen Moffat in that that was the height of Doctor Who up to that point. Uh, the height of, of um, Russell T. Davies' era of Doctor Who. I completely agree with that. I don't think he was taking a dig at, at Davies and saying that the rest of his stuff was kind of eh, or not as good. It's just that it built up to that point, and it, it culminated in those two stories, or two episodes, rather. Um, I'm sorry? I think the reason why they didn't show up is because he's kind of veered away from the David era of television. We don't see... Jackson way up here. We don't see I mean the old characters like the age very much. Yeah, but this is, you know, a new showrunner and he's gonna run it the way he wants to run it. And we've seen that in the past with the classic series. And also if you bring your new characters in, they're your copyright, aren't they? Right. So, Although I don't think yeah. the same, it's not quite the same as when we had Daleks. I don't think I think now the BBC have learned, haven't they? Uh, one of the things that uh, for those people that are perhaps not aware of the 
the classic well obviously they were aware of the Daleks and the design but basically one of the 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 things that the negotiation was being when with Doctor Who came back was you know uh, getting the rights to be able to have the Daleks back in Doctor Who you know the, there was lots of things in the news about you know you can't have Doctor Who without the Daleks in it uh, and then we seem to have this thing where they had to be they had to be at least in one 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 episode every series or two episodes uh, and ever since the BBC basically uh, got themselves over a barrel on the Daleks I think ever since then they've got it a little bit more sewn up with the writers so that the the although the writer who creates these may have some sort of rights of it they they can't prevent or don't have to ask that author's permission to actually have that monster in again but um i think i think all writers i mean if i if i ever got a chance of writing on doctor who uh i mean i'd love to do it at two goes you know, one to bring your favourite monster back, but the second one is to introduce your own monster into it, I would have thought. Or your own characters. Ah, oh, yeah, your own characters indeed, yeah. Right, right. Um, some of my favourite stories from the Second Doctor's era, um, I, I think my favourite of all time is Midnight. Uh, that's just a tense... Um, simple. It's really a simple story. Uh, you you have basically a one room or um story it, it all takes place on this bus uh or whatever they called it i can't remember shuttle whatever they called it in the story but uh it all takes place in this basically this one room and it's very tense you have all these characters that are uh enclosed in this area and they're starting to turn on each other as this monster takes over um one of the characters on on the shuttle or bus, and uh, it culminates with them trying to throw the doctor out into this radiation-filled uh, world, where he obviously would die. Uh, just a very tense, very uh, scary um, episode, and that's what I love about it. Now, everybody raves about um, Blink, and. For, I, I like Blank. I think it was a an above average story, but for some reason I don't get the uh, the feel that everybody else does that this is one of the best stories of Doctor Who ever. I think it's good. I don't think it's great. Um, other stories that I really enjoyed, uh, Waters of Mars is where we start to see the dark side of the 10th Doctor. Uh, another tense story where everything is almost enclosed in this base on Mars. Uh, really enjoyed that. I, I enjoyed the two-parter that we saw with the special, uh, The Stolen Earth, Journey's End, having all the companions come back and uh, interacting with each other. And really, for the most part, I think all the companions are well used. Um, and with that particular story, I love, and, and I know some fans cringe at the scene, but uh, I love the scene where the TARDIS is towing Earth back to where it should be in space and time. Um, you have all the companions around the console, and they're all flying the TARDIS, and you got this music just swelling in the background that's very uplifting, and I, I, I love it. I, I get chills. I, I get tears, in fact, watching that scene. It, it's just a magical scene. I love it. 
I also love uh, The Christmas Invasion, the, the first story with David Tennant. Um, but in saying this that... This is a fight in the hand. What's that, Kobo? I, lo- I said, this is a fight in the hand. I love yes. that line. <laughs> that, that was a great, ha- uh, great line. But in saying that I, I love The Christmas Invasion... The I, the second series I thought was very mixed. Um, we had some very iffy or poor stories, like Love and Monsters, Fear Her, and you have some really great stories in there, like The Christmas Invasion, School Reunion, The Girl in the Fireplace. It was very up and down, very uneven. And the other thing I didn't care about the second series is actually the relationship between the Doctor and Rose. It just never really um, made sense to me where you have a 900-year-old alien that uh, is falling for a 19-ish-year-old girl from Earth. I, I just never cared for it. And actually... I, I didn't cement my ideas about the Tenth Doctor being really good until Rose was gone, until we had the third series and Martha was coming in. Uh, so uh, overall, I, I thought the Tenth Doctor was great. Uh, great actor. He played the Doctor, of course, in his own way, but uh, um, I, j- I just love how he did play the role and uh, I'm excited for the 50th. And I'll leave it at that. Okay, right. Well, we'll, we'll go to Kobo in, uh, in a minute. Let me just play another clip. I mean, I, I, there's so many clips I could play. This, um, I'm trying to not do that because otherwise it'll end up being a clip show. Um, but uh, uh, obviously we are concentrating on this revisited thing. Before I just play this next clip, just I I I mentioned the the, the names of the episodes in season two, uh, David Tennant's first season. Of course, then we had the Runaway Bride, which was uh, December two thousand uh, Christmas Day two thousand six. Series three, his second series, comprised of the stories Smith and Jones. Uh, the Shakespeare Code, Gridlock, Daleks in Manhattan, Evolution of the Daleks. Well, we'll skip those two quickly. Um, the Lazarus Experiment, 42, Human Nature, Family and Blood, Blink, uh, this is a lovely purple patch, this section, Blink, Utopia, and then, of course, the, well, it was really a three parts, wasn't it? The uh, Utopia, Sound of Drums, and uh, Last of the Time Lords. So let's play a... Uh, third clip from Three Doctors Revisited. Meet Martha Jones. A trainee medic, Martha was already going places when the Time Lord entered her life and took her to the edge of the universe. John Smith admitted yesterday with severe abdominal pains. Jones, why don't you see what you can find? Amazing. And then the moment when she has to listen to his chest and hears two heartbeats, I think, I don't, you know, I can only imagine what she thinks. I weep for future generations. Are you having trouble locating the heart, Miss Jones? Um, I don't know. Stomach cramps? That is a symptom of a diagnosis. Quite quickly, the doctor thinks she's, she's quite sparky, quite spunky, but he, he always keeps her arms length. There's something I'm missing, Martha. Something really close. Staring me right in the face and I can't see it. Martha wants to get quite close and sort of uh, 
won't take no for an answer. So she does become the doctor's travelling companion. In the end, Martha saves everyone by going on this year-long journey round uh, an earth which has been uh, ransacked and held hostage by the master. Okay, so let's let's move to Kobo and get his thoughts. I love David Tennant. David Tennant is my doctor. And the clip he just played where Martha's listening to the two horns and he just speaks volumes with that wink. He doesn't even have to say anything. And he can just speak volumes with his facial expressions. And that moment in the Christmas invasion where he says, when you're speaking to this planet of other, to other races, tell them one thing, and it is, it is defended. I don't think any other doctor has played the White Knight quite as well as David. Of course, that's undercut when he says almost straight away after the ship is destroyed leaving Earth, uh, I made a mistake, I should have warned them about you. <laughs> about humans. Um, and I like go on the fireplace where he almost literally plays the white knight. He smashes through the mirror on the white horse. Saves Madden to Pompadour. And I like the Ted Doctor for a myriad of personal reasons as well. Because most of you know the type of physical pain that I go through. And I had this one dream one time where I'm on the ninth and tenth doctor's TARDIS and um the Tim Doctor comes up to me and says, I'm so so sorry and he's calling screwdriver in my head. It pops. It hurts like the devil for about 30 to 40 seconds. And then it doesn't hurt for the rest of the day. So the doctor can have very real effects. In okay. real life, you, you know what I mean? I, I can, uh, I indeed, uh, it takes your mind off things and uh, gives you something to, to uh, concentrate and get involved in. One of the great things about Doctor Who is that um, you can re-watch them and you can draw more out of them each time you watch them. And, and just to go back briefly to, to what was said prior, that you know sometimes you will have episodes that you don't particularly like, are companions that you don't particularly hate, Take to I mean, uh, I'll talk about my own in a minute, but for instance, with Jeffy, you mentioned Donna. I thought she was a bit of a fishwife with a bit of a gob on her to start with, and uh, and I was a little bit really apprehensive about her being taken on, you know, in the role. Uh, other other people might say other companions uh, they've been slow to warm up to, but um, um, how, how did you feel as though the the revisited documentary? Um, 
it barely sketched out, did it? The uh, the tenth Doctor, I would have said. No, it didn't do an adequate job at all. But you'd have to do a hour special, and then you'd have to do about a five-hour block to uh, <laughs> adequately cover David's career as a doctor. You really would. Um, and I would love to see Will. You know, in like an audio adventure with with him talked about the line. If anybody from Big Finish listens to this, Companion Chronicles, wink, wink. Um, as far as unofficial companions go, I think Wolf is probably the best. Outside of the big finish stuff, I'll put him right alongside Lucy Miller. I don't know if anybody here is familiar with the big finish only companions, but that's saying a heck of a lot. Right. Um. But I was in tears during the end of, end of time when David said, I, I don't want to go. And there's this lovely speech in the end of time part one where Wolf sits down in a diner um, with the doctor and he gets this lovely speech about regeneration but for him personally, he still died. I don't know if you get that clip there, but well, I think. Well, I, I, I can certainly let me. Play. I've got the um, the scene where he and Wilf are in the cafe. So, let, should I play that little clip? Yeah. Um, here we go. I keep seeing things, Doctor. Uh, this face at night. Who are you? I'm Wilfred Mott. No, but people have waited hundreds of years to find me, and then you manage it in a couple of hours. Well, I'm just lucky, I suppose. No, we keep on meeting Wilf over and over again, like something's still connecting us. Well, what's so important about me? Exactly. Why you? <laughs> I'm going to die. Well, so am I one day. Don't you dare. All right, I'll try not to. <laughs> but I was told. He will knock four times. That was a prophecy. Knock four times and then... Yeah, but I thought, when I saw you before, you said that your people could change, like, your whole body. I can still die. If I'm killed before regeneration, then I'm dead. Even then, even if I change, it feels like dying. Everything I am dies. Some new man goes sauntering away. 
and I'm dead. Yeah, uh, I mean, we've got other clips from earlier than that, but uh, since Kobo requested it, I hope you enjoyed that. That scene is just lovely. And there's a lovely little bit of foreshadowing there when David says, I'm going to die. And Wilfred Maud says, so will I one day. And David's like, don't you dare. And then he gets the serious face on. That is a lovely scene in the cafe. And then a little bit later on, when they see Donna, and he's like, you know, just go up to her. Say something. And that just brings tears to your eyes. Oh, my God. It just... I can't even think about it now without almost tearing up. It just... That's one of David's best scenes, really. And, again, I use that episode as painfully quite often because the pain of losing my doctor takes my mind off whatever pain that I'm going through at that particular time. And I think I'm going to leave it there because I could, I could write lyrical all, all day long on, the, on all the moments that I love about David Tennant. Okay. I think I'll let somebody else talk. Okay, you've certainly caught uh, Willis Girl there. Thank you, Willis Girl. Um, let me let me play uh, another clip, and then we'll go to uh, Ken, if we may. I hope Mike and Ian and myself will we'll go later. I hope Mike's okay there. Uh, we'll go to Ken, but let me... Two, two things, first of all. Let me just go on to the next series. Of course, between the third and fourth series was the uh, the very <laughs> very enjoyable time crash uh only lasted a few minutes but i think we did a about a 50 minute com- uh studio show on that uh, the children in need special of course with uh, uh that and then uh, voyage of the damned um which was the 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 christmas one with uh, Kylie Minogue as the uh, the guest star um uh, I'm reluctant to say companion since she didn't go in the TARDIS. Well, not in a, a proper way. But then we've got Series 4, which we're in 2008 now. And the episode for um, 2008 were, as previously been mentioned, uh, Partners in Crime, Fires of Pompeii, Planet of the Ood, Suntaran's Stratagem, The Poison Sky, brought to you by At. At- Atmos, is it? Um, the Doctor's Daughter, The Unicorn and the Wasp, Silence in the Library, Forest of the Dead, two-parter, Midnight, Turn Left, Stolen Earth, and Journey's End. So, still uh, brilliant uh, work. Of course, uh, Partners in Crime was uh, still Russell T. Davis writing, and then they move on, and, and the, excuse me, we're getting things like Silence in the Library and Forest of the Dead, and Stephen Moffat with uh, 
um, Russell T Davies finishing off those series. So let's play the fourth clip and um, let me uh, then go to Ken. Donna Noble was the fastest temp in Chiswick. Donna, after having had that one meeting with the doctor and re rejected any notion that she might travel with him, she, she, she reconsiders that and then sets out to find the doctor. So she starts investigating things that she thinks might be the sort of things the doctor would be investigating too. So they come across each other. You have to imagine this bit. No words. Donna was clever, bright. Stand for no nonsense, always had an answer uh, uh, girl. You can see in, in Donna a spark of liveliness and imagination and excitement. Donna Noble, um, my granddaughter, um, again, she's a sort of a dreamer in a way. She has great sort of aspirations and doesn't want to be in that terrible office job all the time, you know. And once she gets the chance to go traveling with him, with my approval and encouragement, you know, go on, go and do it. Um, she's off and running. I can't believe I'm doing this. All right, can I? Can I? Oh, 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 careful. Left hand down, left hand down. Getting a bit too close to the 1980s. What am I going to do? Well, again, you know. Well, someone did. Dawn, I joined the doctor in the TARDIS. Yeah, um, and just coming to, I was just <laughs> coming to something that Mike put, because uh, about the uh, Voyage of the Dam. Uh, the thing is, because it was a long episode, I mean, I actually like 40 minutes of it. I just don't like the resolution, but uh, there you go. Anyway, let's uh, thank you, Ken, for holding on for so long. Be my pleasure. Um, and uh, if you want to re address the, the, the documentary first and then okay. go whether you wish. All right. Um, doctors Revisited, um, I concur with what's been said already. Uh, not much of a uh, coverage of the great David Tennant years. Um I'm not sure why exactly. Um, maybe it was in their minds that they show the episode so much that they uh, didn't have to delve that too much into, uh, you know, the background. It it was one of the shorter ones. It's 30 minutes with commercials. So if you take out the commercials, maybe it's only about 20, 22 minutes. So the the if, if, remind me if I'm wrong. Weren't the earlier ones about 45 minutes with commercials? I, so, I think they were about 40. Yeah, so he, he really uh, got short shift. Um, I love the episodes that they picked. You could, we're going to pick different ones. I think you're going to be confused no matter what. But, I mean, it gives you a great taste of David Tennant at its best. Unbelievably wonderful episodes and all of his companions and... I, I thought Stephen Moffat was nothing but complimentary, and he loves what what um, RTD did on the show. He's acknowledged it so many times, and he, Stephen Moffat was integral in uh, the success too of of the ninth and tenth Doctors. So that should never be forgotten. I I would have liked him to mention the creation of uh, you know uh, the angels. Um, because he did it, you know, give himself a plug, go for it. Um, again, not having RTD's involvement 
in the ninth and tenth doctor it's it's really a shame you know that's maybe his own choice maybe their choice because they they want opt to the showrunner but would have been nice uh, him reminiscing you know after the fact him and or Julie Gardner you know would have been good um great seeing Bernard Crimmins um love him love the character Wilf and um it was it was okay you know it was it was it was a plug to go and watch some more uh, David Tennant ap- episodes so for that it did an okay job and and you know um what are you going to do in 22 minutes it's you're here you're gone it's commercial time you know on 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 to the episodes so you know really a shame but you know at least they're doing something you know um in a word meh <laughs> yeah it, it was a mediocre um now now we get to the joy um thank you kobo by the way for what you did that was beautiful um i feel the same way david tennant is my favorite of the new doctors it's a toss up if he's my favorite doctor right up there with tom baker and and uh, some days pat troughton but uh, of the new doctors uh, he's he's incredible um i'm i'm not taking anything away from matt smith as an actor, or from Chris Eccleston. Um, Can I jump back in for just one sure, second? Sure, go ahead. I, I forget to mention when I was talking about Dave Bennett, he loved doing his school reunion because he got the part with Sarah Jane Smith, who he watched as a kid. Yeah. And he got starstruck. The first time they were doing a read through, and I just loved that. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I know. I know. Which is fantastic. I know. It 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 gets me all beaming. You know, thinking about it. Uh. Oh, well, let me let me pause there because I've got a clip from School oh, please, Reunion, so please. let me play that now. Thanks. Hello, Sarah Jane. <laughs> Oh my God, it's you, Steve. You've regenerated. Yeah, half a dozen times since we last met. You look... incredible. So do you. I got old. What are you doing here? Wow. UFO sighting, school gets record results, I couldn't resist. What about you? I thought you died. I waited for you. He didn't come back, and I thought you must have died. I lived. Everyone else died. What do you mean? Everyone died, sir. I can't believe it's you. Okay. Now I can. Did you hear that? Who's she? Rose, Sarah Jane. Sarah Jane Rose. Hi. Nice to meet you. You can tell you're getting older. Your assistants are getting younger. I'm not his assistant. No. Get you tiger. He never talks about you. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Go on, Ken. Thank you. Um, 
Okay, I'm tearing up. Um, the what RTD did in taking over this show, putting this whole sense of love and joy into a series that was gone so many years. Chris Eccleston is the survivor of war, his doctor, and he bears great guilt, and at the end, he has a reason to live. David Tennant's doctor takes that survivor guilt, but on his what he learned from Rose, he has this great love. And the show, in essence, is the quintessence of love. That's Doctor Who under RTD and especially David Tennant. David Tennant years. Love for family, love of home, love of country, love of the planet, love of justice. And that's hip deep into what this show really pairs down to, you know, week after week. And David Tennant got me with where he's just rambling and going, oops, oh no, that's the Lion King. And he starts <laughs> lines from the Lion King in, in uh, Christmas Invasion. And by the time he gets to, that's a fighting hand, oh, I'm sold. You know, this is, this is Cyrano de Bergerac, you know, crossed, crossed with Hamlet, uh, crossed with Jesus Christ, eventually. Uh, so giving, so caring, so full of pain and so full of joy. Uh, that's his doctor. Um, and RTD keeps throwing amazing things at us. Christmas Invasion alone would have been a brilliant episode if you left it with the Ragnos leaving. And what does he do? Uh, he takes, you know, the prime minister and turns her on her head, makes her unlikable. And this is argued between fans. Was it right? Was it wrong? I found it detestable. The doctor does. I had arguments with friends saying, you know, she had to do what she did. But to to throw that in your face and have that moral question and put that at the end of the episode, that was brilliant. And and he he created that character for Penelope Wilton. And it was just such an amazing thing right off the bat that we don't know what surprises we're going to get. And, you know, the ep- the episodes continue on, tooth and claw, wonderful, strange martial arts mixed with werewolves, mixed with Queen Victoria, this great color scheme. And to bring in... You know, I mean, I, I have to say about two directors, Eros Lynn, and to bring back Graham Harper from the classic days, direct beautiful episodes, and that should have been mentioned in the special, and uh, so, so much, so much more. But I, I, I won't belabor the special. You know, not worth it. Um, school reunion. What a treasure to have Liz Sladen back, and what a joy to see the little boy in David Tennant looking at her through an, through an adult man's eyes, full of that love and, and, and that wonder. And uh, I choke up watching that episode every time. 
when they do that spin around and she sees the TARDIS and he's standing there. I mean, it's, you know, it's like what Kobo said. It, it, it kind of transcends watching a TV series when, when you have, it, it's like gifts to us, you know, that, that, that we're given. Girl in the Fireplace, uh, never thought we'd have a, a doctor this romantic and, and so wonderful. Great to have the Cybermen back. In Rise of the Cybermen, Age of Steel. Not exactly what I personally would have liked for them, but really kind of grotesque and sad the, the way they're done. And they're very strange when, the, when they have the Cybermen being put together and the music in the background is, is, is really um, morbidly funny. It's really good. Impossible Planet and the Satan Pit you could have released that in the theaters. Really great science fiction horror film with, with just some breathtaking effects. I, I thought that was the best story of the second series. Oh. Uh, to, toss, toss up to me between that and maybe School Reunion, but you're right, as a story. Um, oh, God gave it to to uh, Anthony Head in School Reunion. Uh to love him from Buffy and just his physicality and body movement and villainy is so good. Uh, but, but like well, you said, right droid, or could we see them come back again? Because I would love to see that. Oh, you, race. you know, anything's possible. I would, I would love to see him back because uh, just, you know, you, you could, you could see the bat form underneath the flesh the way he moved that confrontation at the poolside between the two of them. But Impossible Planet and Satan Pip. God, that's... It's so good. And what got to me, too, was that's why I loved Rose so much as a companion. Not that she was some very cute, sexy young girl who likes the doctor. She was a god for a bit. She's also someone of such courage and sacrifice and what she's going to do in those two episodes. That's why I love Rose because of well, it, it goes into later episodes. What does the doctor do to people? You know, you know, Davros says he creates weapons. You know, I would say he creates heroes, you know, from it, you know, it's, it's a matter of perspective and, you know, um, we got Runaway Bride, which is cute, and I have no idea, you know, how wonderful I'm going to love Donna Noble later on from that. But it's 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 the way the the episode is. Get to series three, Martha Jones, totally different character, beautiful, courageous, wonderful character, and that the whole overlinking uh, Prime Minister Saxon storyline is really thrilling when you think about it the doctor brings his own doom upon him because he set up saxon's uh election by by him his meddling with uh the former prime minister by by setting up her downfall you know and we get a great introduction to martha i i can imagine kids running around with straws playing vampire the next day in England 
you know, I'm going to I'm going to suck your blood, little sister, going around. Give me the give me the bendy straw, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, really fun introduction of Shakespeare, very flirtatious. Gridlock, which could have been a throwaway special, I mean, episode. All these wonderful supporting characters, just full-blown. And I get choked up at the end, the whole beautiful spiritual attitude of everyone having freedom at the end, of that music. Murray Gold, you know, a god always in in this show, again and again, his use of choral uh, motifs and and, and uh, you know atonal use. He, it's totally surprising, um, all all throughout every season, what he does. You know, God, I never knew Doctor Who could have such wonderful music. Um, then we get to, I think, a crowning achievement. In, in David Tennant years in Doctor Who, the audacity to do human nature, family of blood, to take away the essence of what makes him a Time Lord, make him a human being, have him go through that entire life. It's it's the last temptation of Christ uh, as Doctor Who. What would his life have been? Does that choice... The, the the road not taken and it is incredible it is incredible and terrifying because at the end we see how dark this doctor can be how vengeful this doctor can be i mean uh, there is something to what what davro says you know that 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 he is this great killer he won't use a gun but he uses other methods you know that that gets you thinking really about the darkness within him um Oh, and then Russell T. did something oh, I, I could never believe would ever happen. We get Derek Jacoby coming into Doctor Who, and for a brief little while, I mean, he essays two characters, wonderful Professor Yana. could He easily could have been a template for an incarnation of the Doctor, and then have him do the most vicious master anyone could ever think of, wonderful. I wish there was some way to bring him back in some alternate way or alternate universe to play that part. But hats off to John Sim for his incredible, crazed, poetic psycho killer master. I I, I love that. I I love what he did with it. Can I I just pause you there and play? Uh, It's a lovely part where the, the the um, they talk together, isn't it? Um, if I can find it, I'm sure I've got a, a, a thing somewhere where they're Please. talking. I've got a feeling I might have the wrong clip here. Uh, let me just um, no, let's just keep talking a minute while I just okay. find it. Cause I think okay. I think it's... Um, um, this also really puts Martha in the forefront. She she becomes like a, a disciple of the doctor. The the attitude that for an entire year she walks the earth, spreading the legend of the doctor, what she is going through, the sacrifice, and and this is the thing. All in the RTD years, you know, not taking anything away from the doctor, but on equal footing, the character resolve and inner spirit of these 
human beings who rise to like impossible heights because they they're traveling with with this this wonderful impossible godlike man and and that that that's a that this a continuing theme and uh um frame is frame is wonderful wonderful in it i think i've got the clip uh, Great. Uh, I, sh- I should have named this better but i'll stop it if it's the wrong one i think the two of them talking over the phone Master, I like it when you use my name. You chose it. Psychiatrist Field Day. As you chose yours. The man who makes people better. How sanctimonious is that? So, Prime Minister then? I know. It's good, isn't it? Who are those creatures? Because that's not just things like Toclophane, that's just a made up name like the bogeyman. Do you remember all those fairy tales about the Toclophane when we were kids? Back home. Where is it, Doctor? Gone. How can Gallifrey be gone? It burnt. And the Time Lords? Dead. And the Daleks? More or less. What happened to you? The Time Lords only resurrected me because they knew I'd be the perfect warrior for a time war. I was there when the Dalek Emperor took control of the Cruciform. I saw it. I ran. I ran so far. Made myself human so they would never find me. Because I was so scared. I know. All of them? But not you, which must mean... I was the only one who could end it. And I tried, I did, I tried everything. What did it feel like, though? Two almighty civilizations. Burning. Oh, tell me, how did that feel? Stop it! You must have been like God. I've been alone ever since. But not anymore. Don't you see? All we've got is each other. Are you asking me out on a date? You could stop this right now. We could leave this planet. We could fight across the constellations if that's what you want, but not on Earth. Too late. Why do you say that? The drumming. Can't you hear it? Okay, well, all right for you. And that, of course, was from the, the two parts of Sound of Drums, uh, Last of the Time Lords. Thank you. Thank you. What poetry. I, I God, Russell T. can write. Um, I, I love the whole background and poetic quality of the Time War and the way they've created that. And maybe one of my favorite shots, it, it almost looks like a great 1960s science fiction uh, magazine cover that amazing shot of Gallifrey when they're de- when they're describing you know the old days in Gallifrey and playing the music and they have the time lord standing in front of uh, the bubble in front of the great uh, shining dome and it's all burnt orange and glorious looking and we've we've seen that in the future and the devastation of the time war later on showing it. And oh, what an incredible image, you know, and I'm certain everybody's uh, burned as as screensavers, etc. But that's the thing, that the show keeps giving us wonders under R T D and that 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 pure sense of joy. 
then we have that wonderful special that mentioned before, Time Crash, which is, you know, um, David Tennant's little love letter to his favorite doctor, uh, the fifth doctor, Peter Davison. And if anyone wrote this in a story, a fictional story, no one would ever believe it, that a young man grows up as a fan of Doctor Who, his favorite doctor is the fifth doctor, that eventually he would become the doctor himself, play a part with that doctor, and marry his daughter. And the doctor would be his uh, father-in-law. No one would ever believe that. But that's the reality of David Tennant's life. It's incredible. <laughs> I mean, God. Um, there's, there's I hate some, him so much. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, there's, there's some liner notes. I forget which volume, but one of the David Tennant DVD volumes, which is like a letter as if he's writing to himself as a 10-year-old boy, telling him about this. And it's the most wonderful thing. Uh, I'll, I'll try and find it at a future date and do a posting on it if, if no one remembers which one. But they have that written. In a, David Tennant wrote that out. as the sweetest thing. It's like, oh, you're going to be the doctor. I am? And yeah, yeah, you are. Just wait. It's going to be like you know, thirty years from now. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. So sweet. Well, well, it might be a spoiler, so I'll I'll, I'll say this very uh, in a roundabout way. Uh, but there's a certain other person that might be appearing in Dot Two that also wrote a letter as a young man. Yeah. <clears throat> Interesting. Without naming names. Huh. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. It wasn't a Dear John letter, it was a Dear Peter letter. Well, being politically <laughs> correct, I, I wouldn't um, want to say anything more about that. All right. Uh, then we go into uh, Series 4, when we come back to the reintroduction of Donna Noble. And there was a whole attitude in fandom of Oh, oh my God, she's coming back, or oh, sh give her a chance, she'll be great. I was in the latter category, give her a chance, she'll be great. At God, she was. And she's uh, my favorite of the Tenth Doctor companions. Um, so funny, so endearing, uh, so tragic. And they built on this character. Uh, that wonderful scene in Partners in Crime when they're waving to each other, when she's waving to the doctor and they're mouthing back and forth and the villain there is, is just priceless. It is priceless. That's Catherine Tate in Relevant. I didn't yeah. realize what a physical actress she yeah. was yeah. at the time. But now that I've seen things like the Catherine Tate show, now I realize... This is Catherine Tate 101 right here. And yep. It makes this thing so much more beautiful now that I know yeah. 
Tell them a little bit more about Catherine Tate. Yeah, it's fantastic. Then they step it up to Fires of Pompeii, which just breaks your heart. And she's the whole moral center of that episode. And the uh, the whole feeling of can't you save anyone? That you have all this power that you can travel through time and you can't do it. And you know, you know, nods nod to uh, you know Peter Capaldi, who gives a very good performance in this episode. Who I I know a lot of people also thought he was uh, wonderful in Torch with Children of Earth. Yeah, great actor. He's very good. Um, then Planet of the Ood. We we saw the Ood before as you know slightly villainous characters or not villainous but you know um, captured characters kind of ciphers until this episode. Uh, great comment on uh, on slavery and just how workers are treated around the world if by slaves and you know. Oh, Trovo. How is this? Um, yeah, I was just readjusting my mic. Sorry. Okay. And again, uh, an episode that just breaks the heart by the end of it. At the end of it. Um, Doctor's Daughter. Wonderful, wonderful episode. Really important. <coughs> we get Peter Davison's daughter appearing in this episode, future Mrs. Tennant, and Unicorn and the Wasp, Agatha Christie, fun historical episode, and then Silence in the Library and Forest of the Dead were introduced to River Song. We don't know how important her character is, but a wonderful character, great two episodes by Stephen Moffat. Terribly tragic and yet hopeful at the end and wanted to perform. And next, one of my favorite episodes, and I have to hand it up to Jeff here. This is a totally twisted, gonzo, Twilight Zone type episode. Midnight is so brilliant. And dear God, the way they do the voice syncing on this episode, technically, beyond the sheer drama of what happens and showing the doctor without the companion and the terror of what can ensue and how people turn on each other in a terrible situation. But, you know, this would be referred to as a bottle show or the least a less expensive episode, which is characters in a room. But it is utterly remarkable and one of the greatest episodes of Doctor Who or of I think televised fiction I've ever seen you know it's something that I think Rod Serling would would, would applaud to me very reminiscent of, of, a, of a classic uh, Twilight Zone uh, just, I think Rod Ser- Serling rose from the grave that week and shouted bravo <clears throat> yes yes and then Okay, not resting on laurels, we have turn left. What would life be if 
Donna Noble made a different choice in her life. And this is utterly brain-blasting, amazing episode where they start putting people in camps. We see all the death and devastation that wouldn't have been stopped because the doctor wouldn't have been saved because Donna Noble would not have been there. And it, it leads to the big payoff of Stolen Earth and Journey's End. Again, something that could be put in a movie theater, and I would love to see this on the big screen. I mean, uh, you know, Parting the Ways, I thought was maybe the ultimate episode spectacular with Daleks, but God, this this outdid it. Um, with all these companions, with spectacle of the Daleks, Davros, uh, who I think has, has not been played as well uh, since his initial episode in Genesis. I mean, uh, he is terrifying and manipulative. And the added bonus of having him recognize Sarah Jane and vice versa um, adds to the episode. The, the prophecy aspect of um, you're going... I, Beloved companion will die. RTD loves, for a man who's an atheist, he loves to work mythic and religious motifs into his stories, and a fatalistic one. They did that with with Rose, you know, when when uh, she, when she left the series, you know, with Army of Ghosts and Doomsday. Um, the way I said, this is Rose Tyler, and this is how I died. Well, metaphorically speaking. And again, this prophecy that Dalek Khan keeps speaking about, it you know, it eventually refers to Donna, who, because of what she becomes in the metacrisis of joining with the essence of Time Lord, she has her brain wiped by the Doctor, and all the joy all the adventure, all of the life and future life she could have had is gone. She'll be who she was, hopefully better. You know, hopefully she'll be she will be treated better by her mother. We know that. And there's come. another lovely line by um very proven woman. Sometimes I see her and she looks out the window and she says that and she she can't remember why. Yeah. And I'm like, God. And this brings up another point. Um, Stephen Moffat's all about being driven television and how Doctor Who should be the big event. But RTD made a been driven television without trying to make it event. Yeah. yeah. Um, I I don't want to make this one over the other. My preference is RTD. I think Moffat does wonderful things. Um, I think just my favorite episodes during his reign don't, for the most part, seem to be written by Stephen Moffat. And the arcs seem to be more of cleverness 
Now, I don't think that's even intended. It just maybe comes off that way. Wonderful stuff, I have to add. But RTD gave us epics that also seemed intimate. It's exactly what you were saying. Um, he'll he'll do something like Stolen Earth and Journey's End when what you're caring about is the characters. Um, the confrontation of Davros saying that the Doctor will see his true essence, that he makes weapons, you know, out of out of his uh, children of time. And there's much truth to it. The devil speaks truth. You know, that, that's the thing about the devil. He can often speak partial truth. Some amazing things about, about this episode that they chose to show during Revisited, I loved Alex speaking German. I thought that that was great. The whole Graham Sheridan like that. Yeah. yeah, I love the Osterhagen key. That whole scene with Martha and that German woman reminded me of some like a spy novel. I, I love talking about the glamour of England in the old days, and I thought that was just the whole kind of character feeling of it, the way putting unit into it, and these, these incredible shots of the Dalek ships and the uh, all the planets and configuration sailing in the sky, and it's... And then, a couple things before that, the Daleks are the masters of Earth, and then all of the Daleks just repeating... Over and over, the Daleks are the masters of Earth. Yeah. That's absolutely, absolutely terrifying. Yeah, it gives you chills. It gives, it gives you chills. Mm. And it's just epic and brilliant and jump up and down. And it's not the same watching it anymore. But do you remember how you felt with that cliffhanger? And they don't show it because the letters are to be continued really big when he's regenerating, and we all thought, what the heck are they doing? How did they get away with this? How's he going to get out of it? And for a week, we're all going nuts, because like there were it, no spoilers. Like Moffat said, it made freaking headlines. Yeah. But, but I remember... Well, and, go ahead. At, yeah. at least it wasn't two and a half months, like, uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation. Well, yeah, that was yeah <laughs> the best of both worlds. Yeah, like, ah, yeah. Uh, they got to kill Picard. Yeah, yeah. But you know, uh, this I think at least they had written. <laughs> yeah, best of both true. worlds. They didn't even have the other. I think they <laughs> they pretty they did a damn good job with that. But but this was the the thrill of this, and then. That's the thing about RTD. He, every little thing seems to fit. It's 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 what makes Breaking Bad so great too. I've got to say to that, a hand that's cut off right when he first becomes the Doctor, who's hanging around Torchwood, who later does this, is integral to these two episodes. You know, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um, we then don't get a full season. We get the specials. And 
the interesting thing, there's already groundwork because the Ood in that episode, Planet of the Ood, say your song is ending to the doctor and he doesn't think that much of it. But, you know, as it goes after the wonderful, the Christmas special, The Next Doctor, which is so neat showing little glimpses of all the doctors and um, really, really uh, wonderful performance by David Morrissey, <laughs> who, who I think could have could have been a great doctor on his own. Loved him. Kind of, kind of a semi Colin Baker uh, six doctor uh, costume there a bit, and we get to Planet of the Dead, and we get a clairvoyant. Uh, telling him your end is coming, someone will knock four times. Again, it's this interesting inevitability, fatalistic quality and, and prophecy. And like ancient tragedies, the more you try and fight it, the more you bring it on. You know, like the story of Oedipus, you know, trying to trying to fight his fate and walking right into it. I you love know. the beginning of the end of time where David's wearing the lay and the sunglasses yes. and the Yeah. And why is he doing that? Because he's trying to forget and party because Waters of Mars gets into the aspect of free of constraint, free of Gallifrey, tired of any perhaps prophecy and being buffeted and the loss of companions and the loneliness. He thinks he can be everything. He's the Time Lord triumphant. And he goes too far and he gets slapped in the face by it. And uh, Waters and Mars, such a good episode. Such a good dramatic episode. And, uh, yeah. Really brilliant and scary, and it's again Russell T. Again and again and again does amazing things. Yeah, some people don't like loving uh, monsters. I do. Come on, stone me. Go ahead. Uh, I think Forty Two is pretty eh, meh, and uh, you know, uh, fear her. You know, I, 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 that doesn't get my repeated watching category, nobody's perfect, but generally I would say ninety nine forty four one hundred percent of of the R T D Doctor Who is just golden and I cannot understand why a lot of people rag on end of time so much. They don't like the master throwing bolts out of his hand or oh, well. they don't like something about potions thinking it's mm. I think it is tremendous. Right right from Wilf uh in the in in the cathedral with the image of the TARDIS in a stained glass window and choir boys singing and it, it's beautiful and amazingly photographed and directed by Uris Lynn the relationship with the master, the sadness, having Timothy Dalton in there as Rassilon, oh God, he is vicious and incredible. And 
those scenes with Wilf break the heart. The scene you played in in the cafe, how important he is, the surrogate father to him, and how fate just winds its way. Uh, that he's lived such a short time. And I'm bringing up the time. She doesn't watch it because it's like, oh, hi, do you want to cry for about 40 minutes? Uh, yeah. uh, when you're not talking, Kobo, I think he's going to have to trust off mute your, your headsets making all sorts of noises. All right. Thanks, Kobo. And we get that terrible inevitability, and I think it is so brilliant that after... Uh, the tenth sacrifice to save Wilf. And he's petulant, and he's angry, and he's maybe non-Doctor Heroic there. And and that made me angry, and I also think it's wonderful, because he's lived such a short time, and I was angry with him. And it isn't exactly heroic and Doctor-like, but it's so real, and it's so dramatically valid. And to not end it right there in that chamber, but for him to get his rewards and to tie up all of this to to say goodbye to all his companions. And that amazing scene uh, where he goes to the signing of the, of, uh, the Journal of Impossible Things and the uh, descendant of the woman he fell in love with says, are you happy? And he kind of makes a a look that not, not doesn't make me happy too much. It's yes and no. There's so much sorrow and this is so sad for him. And Wilf saluting him at the end. And, I have this on my DVR. I don't get rid of it. It's really funny. I I like the good cry every now and then, but I love End of Time so much. It's like I'll just go through it and watch it every now and then. You know, yeah, I have it on DVD, but I just leave it on there. That that's how much a sucker I am. Uh, and you know, I didn't want him to go. I'm so so glad he'll be in the holiday special. He'll always be a incredibly special doctor, an amazing actor, and bravo David Tennant, RTD, bravo Tenth Doctor. Okay, Ken, well, uh, we'll we'll move on to someone else in a moment if we may, but thank you for all that content. Uh, I'm almost wondering which clip to play from those things you mentioned. Um, uh, a couple of picked up on that you, you were really enjoying. Uh, it's a long clip, so I'll have to probably cut it short. But let's play a little bit from uh, Midnight, and uh, I may play another clip. We'll be going to Mike soon uh, after I've played a, uh, two or three little clips. That's the headphones for Channel 136. Driver Joe, the wheel. There's been a diamond fall at the Winter Witch Canyon, so we'll be taking a slight detour as you'll see on the map. Uh, I do apologise, ladies and gentlemen, and the variations thereupon. We seem to have had a failure of the entertainment system. Oh. What, what'd we do? We've got four hours of this. 
Four hours of just sitting here. Tell you what, we'll have to talk to each other instead. No, I'm with this friend of mine, Donna. She stayed behind in the ledger palace. You? No, it's just me. Oh, I've done plenty of that. Travelling on my own. The history is fascinating because there is no history. There's no life in this entire system. There couldn't be. We're just experiencing a short delay. Perfectly routine, so if you could just stay in your seat. What's the problem, driver Joe? We're stabilising the engine feet. Won't take long. Um, no, because that's the engine feed. That's my man. It's fine. No fools. And who are you? Claude. I'm the mechanic. We could stay breathing for ten years. What was that? It must be the metal. We're cooling down. What I want to know is how long do we have to sit here? Is there something out there? Well... I want her out. You can't say that. I'm sorry, but you said it yourself, Doctor. She is growing in strength. That's not what I said. I want to go home. Any minute now, the rescue truck is on its way. And I'll stop it there. Of course, uh, it was the doctor without his companions, and and how uh, how he loses a lot of his power and strength. And I remember Mike saying, "How many times did that thing knock on the outside?" Um, but let's uh, let me. You mentioned uh, Waters of Mars. Let me play a little uh, again, a short part of uh, a clip. It's too long to play uh, on today's show. Whoa. Let's try the other one. Whoa, we're not playing those. That was awful. Right, well, let's go back um, at the actual end of the um, the special, um, which we, uh, we've we just had. Um, it, it concluded with uh, uh, Stephen Moffat introducing the two parties. So let's have that, and then we'll go to Mike. What you're about to watch is uh, Stolen Earth at Jenny's End. Uh, it's the finale uh, to the, uh, the the fourth season of uh, of New Doctor, and in a way, it's the finale to the fir- uh, to all the first four seasons. A huge roundup of all the characters returning, all the companions back, including Sarah Jane from the old series. It's got uh, a cliffhanger at the end of uh, of the first episode uh, that is so sensational. It was featured on the news. It was newsworthy. This cliffhanger. It was such a such a belter, and it's in a way what you're seeing here is Russell at his most confident. He knows his show is a huge hit, and he's having the impertinence, the cheek, and no one would deny him it to celebrate that fact. Um, these are among my favourite ever episodes of uh, of Modern Doctor Who, and I hope you enjoy them as much as I do. I don't think there was a hidden slight in there, Kobo, but um, let me just also mention, we've, I've listed the other things. The specials, of course, was the, which was the last section, was um, The Next Doctor, Planet of the Dead, and of course Planet of the Dead was the first Doctor Who episode that was made in high definition. And um, they took the whole broadcaster abroad, spent thousands of money because they wanted sand. Yes, they went to this exotic location and they filmed the sand but uh, it worked rather well because the light was better. Uh, and then Waters of Mars and End of Time. So, uh, Mike, you've been most patient with us again. Uh, thank you. Do you want to go next? Sure. Just a, a quick comment here on the Revisited special. Um, just to emphasize there with the introduction you just played, where was Davies? Where was Russell in the Ninth Doctor Revisited special? And more importantly, this one, the Tenth Doctor. Where was he? I mean, Stephen Moffat was only barely in this, the Tenth Doctor episode. He was on at the start and again at the end to introduce the episode. 
it would have made sense to bring in the guy who brought the show back, the guy who was the showrunner for these series, wrote these two characters, the ninth and tenth Doctor, and brought all of this together. The guy in charge of the show was nowhere to be seen on these. That is a huge disappointment in my book. I would have loved to have seen him back on this, to be, especially to introduce his story, the, the, the Night Doctor, the, the Bad Wolf Parting of the Ways, and here, uh, Soul on Earth, Journey's End. It would have been nice to see him introducing his own, his own episodes. But no, we've got Moffat. I just, I would like to know why, why Davies didn't want to do these, or wasn't able to do these, why he wasn't on these. It was a it was a loss. But then again, to be fair, we've got all of the confidential episodes from the from the Davies era where he talks about these episodes. But still, you know, where was he? Uh, of course, uh, different faces that we didn't see on this revisited special. We didn't have Catherine Tate on this. Would have loved to have seen Catherine Tate on the revisited special talking about Donna Noble. She wasn't on this, so that's another disappointment. But overall, the revisited special it was. It was fun. I, I noticed there's a um, a lot of the animations they had for the different characters, for the different uh, they had these animations for the, the different characters, different enemies, and there was a lot of text that flickered in the background that was near impossible to read unless you freeze framed it throughout. So, and if that was if that was important in any way, then I completely missed it. But there was a lot of text that just flickered on and off throughout the animations, and it was rather annoying. Um, I hope I'm not the only one who found that annoying. But uh, overall, the revisited special was a good overview. That's generally what these have been—an overview. But also, let's note that this is the first revisited special since Sylvester that has had its particular doctor on. Uh, Paul wasn't on his, Chris wasn't on his, and suddenly David's back. <laughs> David's been gone for the past several revisited specials. Um, so it was nice to have David Tennant back and talking about his own his own doctor, and that was nice. It would have been nice to see John Sim on this, talking about the Master. Uh, again, missing people from this episode. That would have been played major characters, and we're gone. We're not in this. It's just part of the show. Uh, Julie Gardner, of course, uh, the executive producer, uh, the, the high, the the, the main, <laughs> you know, Piers Winger, uh, just mainly Russell and and Julie. Where were they? They were the two people in charge of the show this entire that entire that entire time. Uh, they were gone, not on this. But so that was that. Uh, just some comments. David Tennant was. Um, uh, just to my fact, I just which I just saw something flickering in chat. Um, the, the, the David Tennant era. Okay, so Chris Eccleston was the, the doctor who brought the show back to us. He was the doctor we had for 13 episodes, brought the show back, made the audience used to the show again, introduced the, the show to a new generation of, uh, of, audio, of, uh, of people uh, who, may have, who weren't even alive when the show was on originally. Uh, so that was the show re- reestablishing itself. Uh, I remember reading somewhere that uh, back in the Chris Eccleston era, season uh, that Russell T. Davies liked to joke that uh, Doctor Who is this new show with a bit of a backstory. <laughs> Just a, a bit of a backstory. But it was in the David Tennant era that the show really identified itself as a continuation of the old series rather than just a show with the same name. Uh, it could have eased... The, the Chris Huckleson series, it was kind of, you know, 
didn't really borrow, didn't really feel like it was continuing the old series, but definitely here in the, day, in the David Tennant era, we had so many things establishing itself as the as a continuation of the of the original series. Uh, we had we had names returning, we had Sarah Jane returning, we had hints and and references to the classic series. We had the timestamps from the Cybermen and the, uh, the, uh, the, the that Christmas episode. Um, the next Doctor, where we finally saw the actual video clips from the classic episodes of the original Doctors. But really, this is where it was confirmed that yes, this is the same show, just a future, just a further incarnation. But uh, David Tennant, yeah, it's he's the classic series. Uh, Tom Baker and Patrick Chowton, they're my two favorites. But David Tennant from the modern series of these. Of these, of these three that we have so far, he's definitely my favorite, and he's up there on my favorite actors to have played the Doctor. He's just he was, Stephen Moffat. I, I've heard recently likes to refer to David Tennant as the cool Doctor. He's the the Doctor that you, he's 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 the cool Doctor that you like to, to see doing cool things. He's the the, the fashionable Doctor and the, the more the, the hip Doctor, so to speak. And he really is. He's the he's just. He is that that doctor. It's just that that fun thing where we have an actor who grew up as a fan of the show playing the character that he grew up that he grew up with and watching. You know, he was a fan of uh, the the fifth doctor, Peter Davison, and of course, as uh, uh, Ken said there uh, earlier, uh, you know, he's <laughs> who he's now married to. He's married to Peter Davison's daughter. Small world, isn't it? <laughs> All in the family and the and the doctors. Yeah, but yeah, it's. Just there's there's not much more to add that no that someone else hasn't already said. It's just you know there were we had of course, the, the whole thing with story arcs. We had story arcs in the Dav- in the Davies era, and those are kind of loose story arcs. Moffat has gone his own direction with arcs and uh, either making them over making them over like too important, maybe like over pronounced or however I'm trying to say overemphasized. And Davies era, they were just sort of hidden in the background. Things like planets disappearing and Harold Saxon being mentioned every once in a while. But oh, uh, convoluted. No. <laughs> convoluted. That's that's the word I was looking for, Dave. Thank you. Thank you. But yeah, it's there were there, we had some fun episodes and some brilliant writing there. We, we mentioned Midnight uh, Blink. I think it's a bit of a bit too much discussion because it's the it's the one episode that most people say, "Oh, hey, have you seen Blink? You you need to watch Blink." But no, uh, uh, there there were some Midnight. I much prefer Midnight uh, from the, the following series, uh, series four. Of course, Blink was series three. Uh, I don't know. It's it, it, just, it was. Uh, I was going to say something about Moffat's writing, and but. Um, David Tennant, he was he was a fun doctor. He was one of my, one of my favorites, and I remember the, at the end of time, uh, the, at, at the towards the end of the end of time when uh, the, the doctor realized that you know who the who the person is who knocks four times and realizes that he's about to about to about to die. I remember a lot of people saying, "Oh, the the doctor David Tennant's shouting there to." to uh, Wilf was uncalled for and just overacting or whatever. It was a brilliant moment because it's one of those moments where the doctor realizes that for all that he's done and all that he saved, it comes down to this one moment and that that is his undoing. And uh, 
that 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 moment at the end of the episode when we had the tenants, uh, we had the tenth doctor standing in the TARDIS about to regenerate, saying, "I don't want to go." And I remember thinking, "Don't go! I don't want you to go either, David." And then we had a new man walking off in the walking off in the shoes with uh, Matt Smith, which we'll get to in about a month when we talk about the eleventh doctor we visited. But David Tennant, one of my favorite doctors. And these two episodes that they, that they showed, I do agree with Jeff that for people who aren't familiar with the show, these are not the ideal episodes to show because they are so entrenched in the show, in the, the Davies mythos for Doctor Who, with all of these companions and all of these storylines. But they're fun nonetheless. And that's all that I have for the Tenth Doctor. Brilliant. Thank you very much, and uh, thank you for waiting. We'll go to Ian in a moment, but uh, I've got a few more clips, hopefully. Uh, the reason I apologise for that, those, um, while Peter have been talking and, and bringing up certain things, obviously they've been they've mentioned things that I haven't got a clip in my sort of backlog. I'm not going to play all the clips I've got, uh, but I was hunting around and didn't have a chance to just double-check them. But um, uh, I've got a clip here, and this is um, one of the things I like about... Um, the tenth doctor obviously by the writers but the way david delivers it was was when he's uh in the quiet scenes and describing gallifrey and so on i'll have my little saying it a bit after ian but let me just play one clip now just so ian can prepare himself and to go next ah plenty of other places come on no. i mean planet of the time lord that's got me worth a look what's it like well, it's beautiful yeah is it like, you know, out-space cities, all spires and stuff? Suppose it is. Great big temples and cathedrals? Yeah. Lots of planets in the sky? The sky's burnt orange. With a citadel enclosed in a mighty glass dome. Shining under the twin suns. Beyond that, the mountains go on forever. Slopes of deep red grass. Capped with snow. Can we go there? Nah, where's the fun for me? I don't want to go home. Instead. You're five million and fifty three. Planet New Earth. Second time of that time. Fifty thousand light years from your old world, and we're slap bang in the middle of New New York. Although, technically, it's 15 New York City original, so it's New 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 York. One of the most dazzling cities ever built. He's pumping that bicycle pump a bit while he's doing that, I think. Uh, yeah, undercuts that lovely thing, uh, the the beautiful music behind it, and then he cuts it with the uh, fun. And I think, actually, that's uh, one of uh, Martha's nice moments. There was some, she did have some good moments. Uh, I didn't particularly like. Her. Anyway, it's cool. let's go, let's go to Ian. You don't want to hear from me. Let's hear from Ian. No, we don't. Oh, um, yeah. They, they, I'll start off with the special. It wasn't too bad. Um. Yeah, I mean, I I kind of look at it from the point of view of uh, the most important revisited were the ones from the classic series. They were the way to introduce the um, the new fans, the fans of the new series, to you know the classic series as we like to call it. Um, you know, that's what its main goal was. This is just kind of recapping, I think, um, because most of the people who are watching this, you know, have have. You've got easy access to to watching them because they replay the episodes all the time, um, so you can easily get to know these doctors yourself. Um, 
you know, we don't get a lot of airplay of the of the classic series, so it makes it a little more restrictive. So, um, I mean, yeah, it is what it is. Uh, a, a short little intro show uh, to kind of give a brief bit of history about the Doctor. Um, and it was yeah, good enough. I was glad that they was there, and uh, um, we were a little short on some people, you know. Um, I think we only got one bit from John Barrowman. Um, and there were, of course, uh, only one companion. Well, two companions, if you count Will. Um, you know, I would have loved to have seen... Um, but yeah, we only had we only had Martha and Will. Um, uh, every time I see Martha, I, I just feel bad. I feel like we that she got shortchanged. But uh, you know, I'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but yeah, not that bad little special. Uh, like that kind of uh, <laughs> David's comment about his entrance in. Um, in uh, the Christmas the Christmas special, just the kind of entrance you'd kill your granny for. <laughs> I just thought that was hilarious. <laughs> it's not funny, but it's funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it wasn't too bad. I uh, would have loved to have seen, like everybody else said, would have loved to have seen Russell there and Julie and and you know uh, the old guard, the old family. Um, which is what I want to talk about in this is 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 that this. To me, this was the golden age of Doctor Who. Uh, this is, you know, when Christopher Eccleston was in it, it was bringing it back um, so that it was um, it was big. It was this big explosion with Christopher Eccleston at the helm and everything, and it made it big and wonderful, and everybody tuned in. And then we got David, who just... Uh, it's like rolling all the doctors into one, if you ask me. Rolling, I mean, I, I I can't understand why he wouldn't be anybody's favorite doctor in some way, shape, or form. And I mean, really, to his credit, David Tennant brought the ladies on board. Um, and I only say that because my wife never really had watched Doctor Who, and all of a sudden there she is. She's like, "Have you got the latest episode yet? Uh, are we watching Doctor Who yet?" <laughs> She was excited to to watch, and it's like you know what if that's you know that's sort of one of the things he brings to this show. I'm happy. <laughs> um, but he was, he was sell his he, sell his wife for an entrance like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, the background noise you might be able to hear. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, he it was just such a good time, um, and we got to know everybody. Um, it's one of the things that I find it's missing from the show now is there's no sense of family anymore. We almost felt like we were in uh, Russell and Julie's living rooms half the time because it, it, you felt like you knew these people. You know, there was you knew what was going on behind the, the scenes in the show. Um, and we had these commentaries, hello, faithful viewer, and, and it's just, it's something that's just gone from the show now, and I think it leaves it a little on the cold side. Um, it was like we were part me. of the family. Yeah, yeah. You felt like you were, you know. Oh, come on in. Yeah, we're going to watch another episode. You know. Um, now it just seems to be a bit bereft of that, and for whatever reason, I'm not blaming Stephen Moffat for it. You know, times change, uh, crews change, and a different feel comes to the show. Um, 
to me, you know, when David was there, he's my he's my Colin Baker um, for the new series. You know, it's it's very very hard to to you know uh, to decide which is my favorite Doctor between these two. I'll always go for Colin just because. Yeah, you know, otherwise I'd have to change my nickname, uh, my name on um, online on a lot of websites. Uh, <laughs> um, but no, I mean he is, you know, um, he just seems so doctorish. Uh, they all do, but David just seemed like he was born to play it. You know, that that's always my feeling about David. Um, and. You know, as everybody said, you know, the, the complaints about, you know, his whole regeneration thing, um, I understand how people felt about that. But um, to me, that's, that's, it seems so realistic this time rather than just like, oh, I'm, I might die, I might regenerate. I'll think I'll have a lay down and do something. Um, we got the, the, the lead up into it where, where um, he's talking with Will for the cafe about, um, what happens when he regenerates, and and it's really kind of a slap in the face because up until that point, I'd never really thought of it that way. How it is from, you know, you've become this person, and you just get kind of used to this body and this way of thinking and the sense of humor and everything, and then you start thinking about, oh, what happens if, you know, and then you start thinking about not being having that sense of humor and that you know body type or that uh, those cheekbones or whatever, um, and I, I think it introduced a, a new way of thinking about regenerations, at least for me, about you know what it's like. You know, it's not just this casual thing where the doctor goes, "Well, I'll just slip on a new body and off we go again." It's 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 a big thing. It's a it's a huge thing. Um, and not just outside of the show, you know, because for us it, it is a tumultuous thing. It's you know, oh, you know, am I going to like the new guy? That's what's like for the doctor. Am I going to like me? Am I going to be good? Am I going to be ginger? You know, and that whole I don't want to go is just uh, Russell T Davies showing that he knows exactly who's watching uh, because, I mean, we all hate to see your doctor go and you won't come in. But I think there was such a following for David and so many new people who had joined in on the show just because of him that he really kind of just played us all like a fiddle. Uh, and, you know, I was crying my eyes out. Um, in fact, it took me, I think, a, I think another year before I actually watched it again <laughs> because it was just so difficult. I did not want him to go, not one bit. out of my chest because that's that's the way it was and it's that's how brilliant it became doctor who became um and how brilliant this doctor was that that you know tv had an effect on me um and yeah that's how fabulous it was and uh of course you know having sarah jane back um it's just the icing on the cake I, I love the line that she has where she says, I'm old. Because I look at her and I'm like, oh, no, you're not. <laughs> because she did. She's so good. 
Um, it, you know, this is this woman I used to watch on TV when I was, you know, 10 years old and looking at her now going, whew, not bad. <laughs> so, yeah, not wrong there. Um, and, of course, the, the companion that everybody thought was going to be awful, um, Donna Noble, you know. Um, I'm surprised that was. Remember my wife saying, and I know I bring this up every time, I know my wife said, oh, God, I can't believe she's going to be in it. Oh, it's going to be awful. And she, you know, agrees with me now that, that uh, she's one of the best companions ever, you know. A wonderful time. I mean, Matt Smith's time's been good and interesting, and I've enjoyed it. But uh, but David's is the best. <laughs> Was the best. So, Dave, I'll let you have the floor now. Ah, oh, from the best to the best. Thank you very much indeed. Good of you. Oh, you didn't. You didn't actually say that. Oh well. No. no <laughs> I'll take it as red. <laughs> okay. Well. Um. Yeah. Lo- lots of things to mention. Uh, uh, but I will try and be brief. I'll try and get to, so that Ian can finish at the top of the hour. And um, let, let's play. Uh, what, I'll play a few little clips. But play part of a clip. Uh, one of the things that uh, before I get on to Davey was uh, we've hardly mentioned Rose really and. Um, one of the things that um, that coloured people's perception maybe of Rose was the fact that they loved her and then they thought, when's this girl going? A little bit maybe like some people thought the Ponds may have overstayed the welcome, uh, where, of course, we've just been listening to Ian Wax lyrical about the fact that we didn't want David to go and I'm most definitely in that camp. I'm very similar, I think, to Ken in my attitude. Um, I mean... <clears throat> My favourite Doctor was always the second Doctor, and for the classic series is. Although I still have a very fond spot for the third Doctor and, and others. But um, uh, David Tennant uh, eclipsed uh, all of the Doctors to me, uh, and and still does. I think he's... Um, he, I mean, he can't take all the credit, but the sheer way he delivers his lines, and it's all those quiet moments. But just before I get talking about him, let's have a let's go to the inevitable Bad Wolf Day. Don't you see what he's trying to give you? Tell her, go on. I look like him, I think like him. Same memories, same thoughts, same everything. Except I've only got one heart. Which means? I'm part human. Specifically the ageing part. I'll grow old and never regenerate. I've only got one life. Rose Tyler. I could spend it with you. If you want. You'll grow old at the same time as me. Together. This reality sealing itself off. Forever. But it's still not right. Because the doctor's still you. And I'm him. All right. Both of you aren't through this. When I last stood on this beach on the worst day of my life, what was the last thing you said to me? Go on, say it. I said Rose Tyler. Yeah, and how was that sentence going to end? Does it need saying? 
And you, Doctor? What was the end of that sentence? I started out to leave it longer because... Of course, the, the, the music there plays into that scene brilliantly. But um, um, I, I'm just to undercut that, let's just, um, one of the things that was mentioned early on, I hadn't got the clip, to, well, I had actually got it on, but uh, I thought I'd already played it. And that was, of course, um, the, the, the fact about uh, Catherine Tate and really from, from Fires of Pompeii onwards, people thought she was good. I must admit, I, I was very worried when I saw her uh, in her first appearance, The Runaway Bride, uh, as this sort of mouthy fishwife woman. But um, she brought uh, a sense of humour, and obviously the whole dynamic between the Doctor and companion was changed. And this is one, of course, the, the, the funnier moments. Well, lots of funny moments, but this is in Fires of Pompeii. I'm here in Rome. Donna Noble in Rome. <laughs> Weird. I mean, everyone is dead. Well, you've got to remember. Hold on a minute. A sign over there is in English. Are you asking me on? Are we in it? No, 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 no. That's part of translation, Turkey. It makes it look like English. It's Greek as well. We're talking Latin right now. <laughs> I just said seriously in Latin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what if I said something in actual Latin? Like, Vene Vida Vici. My dad said that when he came back from football. If I said...
Fear Her, definitely not. Army and Ghost, Doomsday, all right. And then Runaway Bride, and I was getting a little bit worried. Uh, but then we had uh, a really good, and I think this is uh, Dar- one of Darth's favourite uh, uh, start stories to a series when we had Smith and Jones. Uh, the introduction, it was uh, set up very well. The Jejun were, you know, they were there, but... Um, We are citizens of planet Earth. We welcome you in peace. Please don't hurt me. I was just trying to help. I'm, I'm sorry. Don't hurt me. Please don't hurt me. <laughs> Language assimilated. Designation Earth English. You will be catalogued. Uh, yeah, uh, Roy Marsden is a great star uh, actor in there. Um, uh, Inspector Dalgleish, as we know him, for uh, other things. Uh, great. Um, Shakespeare Crow was a bit of a disappointment. Gridlock. Uh, Gridlock took me a while to like, but I, I really took to that one. I, uh, uh, I found it a little bit confusing to start, but I loved it, especially because of the uh, the description that the, the Doctor does of Gallifrey. I played one of those, so I'll... I will skip that for the moment. Daleks in Manhattan and Evolution of Daleks. Well, uh, visually it looked so stunning, but uh, there were some real concepts in there I found difficult. Man licks aside. Lots of experiment. I thought that one actually would have been excellent, and it was excellent. It's just that the creature was so strange, uh, so very strange. A little bit like Hyde where they had a, a very strange episode much later on with the 11th Doctor. 42. 42 is one of my favourite ones. Um, much better than the the film Sunshine that was going around the cinemas at the time. Family, uh, Human Nature, Family of Blood. Outstanding act here. I'd love to play a couple of clips from that. But time is against us. Blink, probably... Uh, well, in actual fact, I mean, just listen to this. Human Nature, Family of Blood, Blink, Utopia... There's like four of my favourite episodes. Boom, boom, boom. It will knock four times. Brilliant, those things. Uh, but I must admit, Ken, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll have to disappoint you for once. Maybe I've disappointed you many times, but disappoint you one more time. Just saying I was one of the people that didn't like the, the, the way that they changed uh, the, um, the the master and the way that they had uh, made him mad uh, I, I just didn't like that portrayal of him. Uh, of course, I would have liked a, a lot more of Professor Yarn. I would have a lot found a, a, a lot more of uh, the original master. But um, having said that, Delgado again, is my fa- Delgado is my favorite master. But I thought it was an interesting, interesting take on it. But right. I, I would have I would have rather had Derek Jacobi uh, playing the master if I had my druthers. Right. Uh, well, the thing is that, um, as I was going to say, the um, ooh, that's what I'm going to say. The Professor was an invention. So perfect a disguise that I forgot who I am. And who are you? <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. um, uh, I mean some of the scenes are uh, tapping, but um, 
having said that, as I say, inside the Tardis story that came later, when we got to see it would thing with Murray Gold with the four beads in the background. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, but as I say, uh, I didn't. I didn't like all this spells idea. But again, in in the Tardis, when we start to see, you know, the the Encyclopedia of Gallifrey in bottles, that lend that lend. You know, I think Darth uh, was quite pleased to prove that point. Uh, but uh, but I didn't. I, I must admit, I didn't like the jetpack uh, master and things like that. Um, Voyage of the Damned, uh, I know it's uh, why they assume that I don't like it, and I didn't like all the religious overtones. But in actual fact, uh, you know, 40 minutes of it, it, it was it, it was pretty good. Um, and I better, I better not list through all these. Suffice it to say, the standard I thought was excellent. David was always watchable. Um, uh, Catherine Tate, I began to appreciate more and more. Loved the introduction of Wilfred Mott and... Uh, uh, Bernard Cribbins and all the things that he brought into the series. Um, I mean, we've got uh, Midnight, love that episode. Turn Left, excellent as well. Um, let me have a look uh, very quickly. Let's just go through the uh, and the four specials. I mean, we were slightly disappointed that we weren't getting uh, a full uh, raft of programmes, but at least they were, you know, well, high def. I bang on that drum a lot myself. A little bit like the master, um, but um, yeah, the next doctor didn't like the um, the cyber shades or whatever. Hated the cyber king, <laughs> but but I did like the the other concepts within it. Planet of the Day was was fairly okay. Waters of Mars I enjoyed, but again I enjoyed it. But it was worrying, wasn't it? Because you realise that in fact they did something because David was leaving. They could go there with this Doctor Victorious, which is a clip I tried to play earlier. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, but it was somewhere that, you know, they could only go there once you know the writing is on the wall. It's a little bit like you have these dramas where finally the bloke finds out that the girl loves him. And then, you know, very very quickly that next week she's going to get knocked down by a car or something. Uh, sorry to bring up painful memories um, uh, to Willis Girl about uh, injuries, but... Uh, the point is, you do know that when something good happens, they're, they're going to get slapped in the face for it straight afterwards. Um, uh, you just can't have these things. Uh, I've got uh, two little clips to bring us to the end. Uh, uh, here's one of the other bits. I don't think I played this one about um, uh, the Doctor talking about Gallifrey and the Master. And then we're going to finish with the uh, the famous clip with uh, Wilf. Here we go. Who is he? How come the ancient society of Time Lords created a psychopath? And what is he to you? Like a colleague or... Friend or first? Thought you were going to say he was your secret brother or something. You've been watching too much TV. But all the legends of Gallifrey made it sound so perfect. Well, perfect to look at, maybe. And it was. It was beautiful. We used to call it the shining world of the seven system. And on the continent of wild endeavor, in the mountains of solace and solitude, there stood the citadel of the Time Lords. The oldest and most mighty race in the universe. Looking down on the galaxies below. 
sworn never to interfere. Only to watch. Children of Gallifrey, taken from that family's age of eight, they went to the academy. Tom say that's where it all began. When I was a child. That's when the master saw eternity. As a novice, he was taken for initiation. He stood in front of the untempered schism, a gap in the fabric of reality, through which can be seen the whole of the vortex. We stand there, eight years old, staring at the raw power of time and space, just a child. Some would be inspired. Some would run away. And some would go mad. Brilliant. I mean, there, there's lots of clips on it. Uh, the, in the, uh, the doctor's daughter, where where she's saying to the doctor, you know, is this war we're fighting like the war you fought at the time war? And the expression I've mentioned before, David, just with a, a look of his eyes, a merest flicker over his face, uh, and as was mentioned, uh, I think it was Kobo right at the beginning about uh, when he, the doctor meets Martha. That just that brief flicker. It's all it's all there on screen. Uh, and I love those moments. Uh, there's a bit in the gridlock where he's describing it. But I think as our time gets tight, I think uh, now this is a longish clip, but I'm going to have to uh, play it and then we'll get Ian to wrap us up. I'm alive. I'm still alive. Good old. If you could uh, let me out. Yeah. I mean, this thing seems to be making a bit of a noise. The master left the nuclear bolt running. It's gone into overload. And that's bad, is it? No. Because all the excess radiation gets vented inside there. Vinvachi glass contains it. All 500,000 rads about to flood that thing. Oh. Well, you better let me out then. Except it's gone critical. Touch one control and it floods. Even this would set it off. I'm sorry. Just leave me. Okay, right then, I will. Because you had to go in there, didn't you? You had to go and get stuck, oh yes. Because that's who you are, Wilfred. You were always this. Waiting for me all this time. Oh, really? Just leave me. 
I'm an old man, Doctor. I've had my time. Well, exactly. Look at you. Not remotely important. But me? I could do so much more. So much more! But this is what I get. My reward. But it's not fair! Please, please don't. No, don't, don't. Please don't, please! Wilfred. It's my honour. It's my honour to hand back to Ian. Uh, I won't talk about the long goodbye. We haven't got time for long goodbye. But of Mm. course, I thought David's doctor deserved it. Yep. All right, sorry to cut this short, but there's a car full of people waiting for me to leave. (laughs) Oh, family life intrudes yet again. Um, thank you all for coming today, and um, thank you, Willis Girl. <laughs> um, join us next week um, when we'll be talking about uh, Season 1 of Arrow. Yes, it's a Season 1 of Arrow review, so join us for that. Um, thank you all for coming and uh, contributing to the show, and uh, see you all next week. Until then, it's goodbye. Mr. Dave AC. I don't want to go. And it's goodbye from Ian, the sixth doctor. I've got to go. Goodbye. Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.